This is the Cigar Authority. Go, Harry. Go! The authority on everything cigar. That's what I'm talking about! Featuring cigar celebrities from every major cigar brand. You're gonna see some serious Awesome. With your host, David Garofalo. Do you know who I am? This is the guy behind the guy behind the guy. I made my bones when you were going out with cheerleaders. And Mr. Jonathan. Mr. 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 Kind of a big deal. People know me. It's time for the Cigar Authority. Look at what we have here. This is a big one, the one I've been waiting for all my life. Who wants to have some fun? That's how talking we about you. That's what us Red Sox fans would scream out in the 70s, and today I'm screaming it again live at Seabrook. Uh, El Tiante, Louis Tiante will be joining us. Red Sox legend will be with us in his El Tiante cigars, and we have a perfect day for Louis Tiante to come in because crazy stuff is happening in baseball. We'll talk to him about that, especially here in Boston. Also, happy anniversary to Cigar Aficionado magazine. I have it right here. A great new issue. I haven't read one cover to cover in about 10 years. This is the one. Really good job. A great classy publication that has helped my cigar shop and all cigar shop owners for the past 20 years. We look back and praise them for what they have done for the industry. And we may even... Uh, yeah, you'll know. Them. We'll probably beat them up. Beat them up a little bit. <laughs> Another fundraiser, the world's largest, is coming. And Fred Smith is going to show us and tell us all about it. What is it? We'll see you in the second hour. Welcome, everybody, to the Cigar Authority. First, you are listening to the Cigar Authority on the United Cigar Retailers Radio Network, the only syndicated radio show in New England and the U.S. that is always broadcasted on location and the only radio show that allows smoking. In That's fact, right. We insist. <laughs> you can always tune in live at thecigarauthority.com or you can watch our podcasts by video or podcasts on demand right on iTunes where you can set it and forget it. And we're also broadcasted twice on Sundays by the Cigar Station, which still is not appearing in my notes But anywhere. you know it. You don't need the notes. You know it. I need you notes. You know it. You listen to it. You study it. You play I it. I am an anchor man. There we go. Anchor man. Um, you know, not only are there radio, station, radio shows that don't smoke cigars on the radio show, I was told by somebody some of the cooking shows that are on TV... They don't actually really cook on the show. Well, I see you see fire. Yeah, there's no cooking going on. It's it's just for show. We're doing what we say we're doing. This is it. You're going to talk about smoking cigars. We're going to smoke cigars. The cooking show should be cooking the food. You know, reality shows aren't reality. That's scripted, yeah, they're scripted just, stuff. They're mixing the Kool-Aid, and then they're drinking their own Kool-Aid. Look who just walks There's through the door. The man himself. He's just Louis. hanging out. Louis. Yeah, he's just here. You hang in the store and... Louis Tian was done with the Boston Red Sox the year I was born. Oh, you missed it all. 34 it years ago. It was awesome. I've seen tape, though. The way he looked, uh, looked all, the way, all the way around out at the outfield and freaked yeah. the batters out. He's looking at second base, and this is the lineup. This is getting ready to pitch from second base. Everybody would be like, what the heck? He, he could pitch lefty. He could pitch righty. He could look at second base and pitch to home plate. Um, and we hear the story of Roger Clemens, and we'll talk about that later on. Roger Clemens making his way back into baseball. I think uh, if anybody needs it, the Boston Red Sox need it. We bring Louis Tian back. Could he play for two teams at the same time? He pitches righty for one team, pitches lefty for the other team. 
Is that possible? It's possible. He had hurt his back or something. We'll talk to him. We'll get all the information. He has a cigar brand, though. He's had it a bunch of different times. Uh, this is the El Tiante Cigars. I think it came out three or maybe four different times. And uh, this really? time, I'm going to tell you, they got it. They got it. They did it. The cigar is actually awesome, um, as Louis Tiant is. And uh, we're going uh, to have Mike on, um, and he's uh, the a partner and owner with Louis Tiant on the cigars. We'll have him on in the next hour, too. We'll talk about the cigars. But we get Louis on. We're going to talk baseball. We're going to talk sports. We're going to talk about... We're going to talk about a bunch of stuff we know nothing about. What, well, was, get, what we, is wrong with you well, booking this, is, this as a guest on this show? This is why we have Chuck, because he helps us with uh, the sports end of it. Uh, I'm clamoring right now, man. Yeah? yeah this You're is, loving it. This I'm is, loving it. What a better day, right? Really? This is the day. You planned this. Yeah, it was actually planned. I called the Red Sox. I said, see if you can do some of the wackiest trades in the world ever in August. And, uh, see if we get Clemens to come back. Right. <laughs> and, and we'll bring in uh, Louis Tiant. So, um, well played, sir. Well Chuck, played. Chuck, I, uh, I was at Monday Night Football this week. I'm sorry? I was at Monday Night Football no, this week. No, he's sorry. actually oh, genuinely yeah. sorry. He's apologizing <laughs> yeah. to you. Because uh, there was no love there. Yeah, not a whole lot going on. Uh, Chuck was working, though. But uh, he works for us, and he's open, and everybody can have walk over to him, whatever they want to do, walk in front of the camera, do whatever they want. When he works for the Patriots, two armed guards, two armed guards. Armed. Armed. Armed with an with, R. With an R? Yeah, yes. with the R. <laughs> uh, Does that mean they both have arms, or are they packing yes, heat? Yes, yes. Packing like, heat. And they both so have arms. So you can't go through. You even walk by, they look at you, and that's because Chuck's behind yeah. these doors. Yeah. Wow. And, and, and I tried all the way up to the halftime, and let me try one more time, and as soon as you go near it, that was it. A very uncomfortable feeling. They don't want you near them. But yet, you can come to Two Guys Smoke Shop in Seabrook right now. Louis Tiant's here. No guards. You can come here. Chuck is here. No two guards. He needs none. Well, he's got me. I'll yeah. protect Chuck. Thanks, man. Yeah, but no protection. I don't know about if I would just, like, flat out take a bullet yet. Well, but maybe, like, a knife wound. Yeah? <laughs> Something sharp that doesn't hurt a lot yeah i'd inspect the blade first yeah you know what that's sharp enough you can and it's stab clean. me instead of have, chuck have you have you uh, <laughs> clean that piece? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we could sterilize that before you impale me that'd absolutely. be wonderful absolutely i'm firing up my el tianti cigars this is a nicaraguan cigar and, and mike's going to come on and tell us all about it but uh, what i know about it is it's made by don papin garcia which uh, he makes the stuff for Tatuaje, the stuff for himself. Uh, makes cigars for a lot of different people. Making now for El Tianti. I know Louis at one time, I think he was a Tiamo smoker back in the 70s, as I think everybody was in those days, especially in inner city Boston. But um, Louis had come out with a cigar years ago, a Nicaraguan cigar, and then I think it was a um, Costa Rican cigar. And now he's got um, the same brand name, but the cigar has changed. If you tried it before and didn't like it, let me tell you, this is an altogether different cigar. It comes in a Corojo? Corojo? What's the natural? Oh, Rosado. A Rosado. Yeah, Rosado. That, that's Brett. Thank you, Brett. Brett's the uh, Brett's cigar Bauer rep. Socks. Yeah. Any relation to Crystal Bauer Sox, the singer? No relation. All right. No. Any, any relation to the Red Sox? <laughs> Maybe of the farm team, the Bauer Sox. No? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing? Uh, oh, okay, goodness. anyway, so let's fire up the El Tiantes. Uh, little, uh, little spice bomb, little, uh, little pepper bomb at the beginning. Not overly yeah, powerful. a little. The, the, um, what Pepin Garcia has, a signature Pepin. You know, if you were blind tested, you would guess Pepin Garcia I guess makes I it. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, it's uh, not too overpowering, though. It's good. 
because it's 12 noon here, and I don't want to start with anything really heavy. Dave, I, I committed an error today. Error. So I, I got in at 7 a.m., and I don't have all my tools. I, I have three my cigar ga- three cutter. Three games they, in a week. They didn't find the cigar cutter, but they took my lighter. Oh, they did? They took my lighter. They couldn't have just emptied the lighter and, and gave it to you back? No, because the guy needed a lighter bad. Yeah, maybe that was <laughs> it. <laughs> That's and, my lighter. Anything good? Yeah, it was a good a cigar, light, uh, cigar lighter. Like a Zycar or something? Um... It will come to me. It's not Zycar. I think Calibri? it was Calibri. You Calibri. Yeah. 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 Aren't you on a private plane? Yep. They, oh, the security, though, is just as intense as it would be for a uh, commercial. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They, we get wanded, padded down. I have my. I brought my laptop with me, which is where I keep most of my cigar smoking accessories. And the cutter, see, I've got a nice Palio cutter here. It's got a nice case. So they didn't discover this, remarkably. Because it was just in there. And so they go through your stuff. Oh, I, yeah. I thought it's a private plane. and you Used to be like that prior okay. to 9-11. So do you, you have to go through Logan Airport security thing, or what do you go through? Well, it depends. Like, well, we, we fly out of Green, actually, in Providence, okay. Rhode Island. So um, they actually bring the TSA, like the security people, to the stadium, to Gillette Stadium. And they set up their operations there, and they check you in. And the buses are, are right outside the uh, locker room there. We board so, in our buses, and they take us right on the tarmac, right onto the plane. So once you've gone through security at the stadium, yep. you're in nowhere's land. And I got there okay with it. So if you hid, if you hid the cigar lighter in the bus, you could get it through. There we go. There do we they go. check the bus? I wonder. I want. I bet they do because the bus is like you should see the itinerary for this team. It's in, it's insane. It's awesome, but it's insane. So the buses arrive an hour before everybody else, and I think that's what they do. Is yeah. they, they set them up and they they check them and do whatever they have to do. So I went to Monday night's game. Mm-hmm. Last night was Friday. You had a game. Yep. Away. Yep. And you got a game Sunday. Mon- uh, Wednesday. Flying Wednesday. to New York on Tuesday. How's everybody liking that? Three, Hating it. Three, well, <laughs> apparently they're going to have to go through this in the regular season, so they're kind of thankful to have that experience now really? where they're going to be. Why would you be thankful to put yourself through torture twice? Well, so it's not you... like torture is not something that you need to get used to. <laughs> you just, okay, there's a suck, suck factor of 10, and I just want to do that suck factor one time. I do not want to experience 10 so I know what 10 is like. That's just they have my no personal choice, feeling. They, they, don't, they don't write the uh, schedule, I guess. That's all there is to it. That, that but guy should you know fired. what? I wonder if it's because they plan on them winning the Super Bowl. So do I. They're going all the way. So let's make it tougher for them and wear them out a little bit at the beginning so it'll be at least a challenge. So, yeah, right. <laughs> you know, so, it's like putting hand, one hand behind your back before. It's like being a cigar retailer right. in the United States. Right. <laughs> well, I tell you guys, I was wondering if I could borrow your, your cigar rights of New Hampshire. Yes, you can. Oh, so, See, so, so that whole story was, can I borrow your light out? Try the soup. Yeah. Try the soup. Speaking of full moons. I can't try the soup. You have no spoon. Aha. Aha. <laughs> So it was a good story, though, Chuck. Yeah. Really? No, you captured I could have just said, can I borrow your lighter? Yeah. <laughs> hey, we got, we got four minutes out of it. Okay. So there we, here we go, because we have two hours to kill here. Uh, New Cigar Aficionado magazine came out, as I said. Uh, this is the 20th anniversary uh, the Good Life magazine for men. Uh, this is the October 2012 edition, the 20th anniversary edition. It says collector edition right on the top, which, which we all know means not collectible at all. If you put collectible on it, you've taken away the collectability of it because you, you're saying it's a collectible. But anyway, as I said, I haven't read one of these cover to cover for many, many years because, frankly, it wasn't that interesting. There were too many things that had nothing to do with cigars. Yeah, you're not going to buy a Learjet. Right. I just can't. I, I would like one, but I can't. Plus, I didn't realize I have to go to security anyway, so forget it. Yeah. So that's off. It's so. off the bucket list. 274 pages. This is a big, thick one like the old days. Wow. 
Marvin Shankin, 20 years ago, publisher of Wine Spectator, creates Cigar Aficionado magazine that was released August 1992. I remember it like it was yesterday. It was a big deal. I thought I knew cigars until that magazine came out. I was in the eighth grade. You were in the eighth grade? I was selling cigars for seven years. And I thought I knew my cigars. Seven years selling cigars. I know cigars. I would go through that magazine, that first issue, which I actually have two copies of still. Um, and I saw brands I never heard of. I saw descriptions um, of cigar brands that I never knew existed, like flavor things that you still do things I never heard of. But You're welcome. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, but over 100,000 issues were made of that first issue. And every one of them sold, which completely changed what cigars were immediately. Everybody said, oh, my God, there's something going on here. Um, a quick eight months later, they, they introduced the Big Smoke, the first... Um, Speaking of profiles, by the way, white pepper, chocolate-covered bacon. White pepper, I got gotcha. you. Chocolate-covered bacon. I have, no little, I have no chocolate. It's got a little fatty. It's got a little Salt. bit of chocolate. The, the, the bacon cancels out some of the chocolatiness of the chocolate. So you're left with creamy sweet on chocolate-covered bacon. Is there anything, any kind of food that doesn't improve if you've added, if you either add chocolate or bacon, or bacon to it? There is no food that does not improve by adding chocolate or bacon to it. Chocolate-covered broccoli, I've had it. It's pretty good. Way better than regular broccoli. Deep fry it, put some cheese sauce on it, even better. See, cheese sauce and chocolate and broccoli. Uh, Chuck, add that to my bucket list you have <laughs> on your Mac right there. Got it. Just add that in for me. Yep. So issue uh, number one. Uh, in it, um, Marvin Shankin says, to launch a new magazine in 1992 calls for a stiff drink and a fine cigar. I must confess at the onset, however that the force inside me is so strong that I have abandoned conventional business wisdom and actually put out the magazine. Everybody said it wasn't going to happen, and it worked. So i got to thank him for taking the, the chance to do it. Um, the fact is it was not the first cigar publication that ever came out. Al Goldstein, he was an uh, editor of some porno magazine. That you probably remember. I don't know what it was called. Some... New York, uh, really like newspaper magazine. He tried it first. Uh, with uh, a Every single thought coming to mind was completely actuated, and I yeah, filtered just leave myself. It out. Good, thank you. You're I appreciate welcome. that. That's the first time. <laughs> <laughs> and it probably will be the last. Uh, obviously, it was um, the wrong audience for Mr. Goldstein. Uh, maybe wine drinkers would be better than uh, guys deep, deep into porn, and it didn't work for Al Goldstein. Well, you don't have to be deep into porn to enjoy a little... Nakedness every now and then. Yeah. From what I understand, it was a real hardcore porn, Al Goldstein's publication. Somebody in the chat box. I think it's uh, Golden Grannies. <laughs> no. No, it was not. <laughs> and Chuck didn't even realize that was a joke. <laughs> he just said it like he just read it. <laughs> if you write it down, he'll say it. Just just write it down. He'll say it. Anchorman. <laughs> <laughs> I got I need a second to get myself together on that. What was the first cigar uh, Marvin Shankin smoked? What do you think? This is the guy that wrote Cigar Aficionado. First cigar he ever smoked was an El Producto. El Producto, you say? I don't have a bell, so I'm not going to oh, be able Oh, to, we need your I'm, bell, man. I'm not even going to be able to do this. El Producto was wrong. Chuck, you have no guess at all? I have no guess. Uh, it was Have a Tampa Jewels wood tip. Ugh. There we go. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Um, 
This first premium cigar, however, was the Partagas Number no. 10, the Churchill. Partagas Number no. 10. Uh, February 1992, uh, front cover of Wine Spectator uh, did not show wine. This is Wine Spectator, but it showed a humidor filled with unbanded Cuban cigars, an ashtray, scissors, and matches. And the article was The Allure of Cuban Cigars. Um, that issue, February 1992, was a test. It planted the seed to see if a cigar publication would be popular. So they put that out as a wine wine. My guess would be it was the number one selling issue. It sold very well. It didn't even have a bottle of wine on it for the first time ever. And people were interested. He saw that they were interested. And he says, okay, that's it. We're going to roll the dice and do it. So, Marvin, thank you so much for the publication. As a retailer since 1995, it was Cigar Aficionado. Not that started the boom. 1985. 1985, yeah. But uh didn't start the cigar boom. It had started uh, maybe two Three years before that, I'd say two years before that, but certainly fueled the fire like nothing else. I mean, at that point, it was on fire, and not only uh, did it make this industry look good, a classy publication, gentleman's enjoyment, and things like that, but uh, brought a lot of attention to it. People were reading Cigar Aficionado that didn't even smoke cigars, which, you know, what, make, make, what happens at that point? Then they get interested in cigars. They were trying it out. People were coming in the cigar store like never before, asking lots of questions that, frankly, I didn't have the answers to. I was learning myself because I sold cigars and knew, knew what I thought, knew a lot about cigars, but I knew nothing when it came to looking at Cigar Aficionado. Um, Just a list of stars alone that have been on the covers. Oh, my God. Who was the first living celebrity on the cover of Cigar Aficionado? I'm going to go with Jack Nicholson. It was not. Any guess? Bob Hope. Bob Hope. It was Rush Limbaugh. Really? 1994. And not only was he on the cover, they introduced that magazine, the 1994 edition, at the the time, the RTDA trade show, now the IPCPR trade show. And before they gave out you the magazine... um, there, was, there used to be a breakfast, a cigar aficionado breakfast, that they would give you lots of stats of what's happening in the industry, the growth. And they said, we have a special surprise guest speaker for us. And the doors opened up, and the music started, and Rush Limbaugh came running down the aisle, and it was electrifying. I swear, there was a, an electrifying guy. I wasn't even really into Rush Limbaugh or anything, but you got goosebumps, I mean. And he got up there, and he said, you know, it's our right to smoke cigars, and blah, 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 blah. And he was awesome, and people were going crazy. And it was those were the days, man. I mean, it was really pump, pump you up. Um, later on, they did um, the Big Smokes. At the Big Smokes, the second Big Smoke ever, special guest uh, star at the Big Smoke in New York, George Burns, followed by Milton Berle followed by Bill Cosby. These guys, these older guys, were coming forward. They weren't ashamed to say, I smoke a cigar, damn it, and and I don't have a problem with it. Nowadays, yeah, you know, we we have actually cigar celebrities that come in here, and they want to be quiet about it, and they certainly don't want me me to take their picture smoking a cigar or anything. Shh, don't say anything. You know, it's okay that, you know. That big name came in today. Right. And they would rather remain nameless. So uh, I want to keep them as a customer, so I'll leave them nameless. Uh, the biggest cigar issue, now that one I told you was uh, 274 pages. The biggest issue was 582 pages. That was their biggest issue they ever had. Was it Not, the Arnold issue? It was December 1997, and actually the boom was over. The boom was over in August 2000, 1997. 
and manufacturers were seeing the slowdown, so they were advertising their brains out because they had so much product. That issue weighed 5 pounds, 6.4 ounces. Look at the stats I have wow. here. Uh, 1999, Cigar Aficionado picked the number one smoker of all time. The number one cigar smoker of all time. What do you got? Uh, I'll let's go with Michael Jordan. You got Arnold Schwarzenegger. That's wrong. Michael Jordan. That is wrong. Winston Churchill. Oh yeah. The number uh, one cigar smoking of all time. Um, see, I would have thought it would have been the guy that wrote uh, Huck Finn there. Um, what the hell's his name? Mark Twain. Mark Twain. Because he would have a cigar in his mouth all day long and would often fall asleep with a cigar in his mouth. Winston Churchill smoked more than him. I don't know if he smoked more than him, but if you think of cigars and you say a cigar smoker, you got to you, you Google cigar smoker. What would what would you think would pop up? Groucho Marx. Groucho Marx is a good, yeah. another good choice. Yep. But Winston Churchill, they named the size after him. Every brand has the Churchill size. That's, That's fair. pretty cool, right? That's fair. If there was a size Mr. Jonathan, which would be very small, if there was. Wow. Wouldn't that be cool if everybody carried the Mr. Jonathan size? Yeah, it would, four be, a, by it would be the, the petite, petite Corona. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the ultra petite. It was 2005, the first time Cigar Aficionado copied me. 2005, the first time Cigar Aficionado copied Well, that has to be me. they came out with the Cigar of the Year. That is it. That is it. The first Which Cigar should, of the Year. Which they should have to call a Cigar of the Year because it's not the Cigar of the Year. Well said. Because we came out with it, I believe, was it 1994? Who won that year? Uh, Fonseca won the first year of uh, two guys, um, or the Cigar of the Year. Now there's Cigar Aficionado Cigar of the Year, and the first year, the winner was Padron, 1926, 40th anniversary, which, by the way, is sensational still. True or false? False. True. Francis Ford Coppola was ever on Cigar Aficionado. True. You're cheating. You're looking at the thing. <laughs> I have heavy issue, by the way. I'm that geeky. You are that geeky. We are smoking the El Tianti cigar, and later on we're going to have Louis Tiant on. Now, we're going to talk to him about sports. Louis Tiant is one of those baseball guys that's so cool. The sun actually shines on him 24 hours a day. He has gold-rimmed sunglasses indoors. It's overcast outside. He doesn't care. He's rocking the glasses just in case the sun just boom. He comes through the roof. He's got that uh, signature handlebar mustache. Huge He's got a mustache. cigar going on. This is how he was, man. You missed it. You grew up. You were born too late. I was born the year he was out of, out of the restaurant. Oh, Sox. my God. He was awesome. He's still awesome. But, I mean. We had you, Pedro. When they would say Louie, it would sound a little like people booing. But it wasn't. It was Louie, Louie. But it was awesome. I mean, I was a kid, and I'd go to go to the ball games then for three bucks. Went to the ball game the other day, thousand dollars later, and uh, kicking the pants. I mean, you feel abused. Plus, you can't smoke cigars. No, you can't. So Charlie was up here last week, Dave, and Mr. Jonathan, right? Yes. He has. Uh, he's a big Louis Tion fan. He's psyched that we have on the show. And again, he thanks you for missed your timing. Him. Missed him by one week. Missed him by one week. But he has two of his first released cigars in his Yumi. Oh, really? Oh, wow. Yep. Okay. Um. Very interesting. Total number of cigars rated in Cigar Aficionado. Closest without going over. 10,472. 10,473. 73 cigars? No, no, 10,473. I'm going over by one. 15,950. You son of a... 15,900, almost 16,000 cigars 
See, Chuck, not only just rate, not just smoked, but rated in the description of each one of them. That is a lot of wow. cigars. That is a lot of cigars. They're wrong about a lot of them, though. <laughs> well, they're different than you. I think they're smoking you. them too fast. I don't know if it's wrong, but you know what? They like fuller-bodied cigars because after t- 15,950, <laughs> they can't smoke them. Out. They can't even taste it, right? But they got different people anyway. I don't want to beat them up. I want to say thank you today to them because they certainly rang up my cash register and changed my life and, and brought a whole new uh, look and appeal to, to um, yeah. cigar smokers Padron everywhere. 7000s have never been more popular. Question Thank for you. you. This issue, Padron 7000 gets a 93. Dave, do you have any stats on how many females have been on the cover? I can see one. There was a few. I think they had Madonna oh, on before. Demi Moore. Demi Moore was a big wow. issue. Uh, Claudia Schiffer. Yep. Nice. Hubba. Hubba. Yeah. Um, highest rated regular production cigar um, at the time. Uh, unfortunately, it was not... We can't buy it because it's a Cuban cigar, but the highest-rated cigar of all time. Anything? Cohiba, the Hickey. No, it was the Hoya de Monterey Double Corona, rated 99 in 1992. Um, highest legal cigar rated in Cigar Aficionado. So legal meaning you can buy it. It's still available to this day. You can buy it right now in the cabinet. It's the highest-rated cigar. Davidoff, Anno number one. Padron. Padron is correct. Padron, 1926, number nine. In 2007, they rated that a 97 rated. There was only one 97 rated cigar ever, and that is the Padron, 1926, number nine. I just found a cure. I just found a cure for sneezing. Accidentally inhaled the smoke coming off of your cigar. <laughs> it takes the sneeze right out. This is why you need to watch us on Ustream. Yeah. Oh my. God, I almost just died. We're really smoking cigars. <laughs> it doesn't happen on the other shows because they're not smoking. It was like it. part sneeze, part hiccup, and part cough all at the same time. No, literally, a piece of my brain could have shot out of my <laughs> nose, and it would not have surprised me one bit. And I appreciate you for holding back on that. Thank you. Uh, second place uh, from the Padron 1926 was the Alec Bradley Prinsado Churchill in 2011, uh, which also became later on the Cigar of the Year for Cigar Aficionado, and that... 96 only happened once. Lots of people did 95s, but 196, 197. Both of those cigars are available in your brick-and-mortar store, wherever you are. You can go in there and ask for either one of them, but if you're looking for the best of the best that have ever come out according to Cigar Aficionado, it's Alec Bradley Prinsado Churchill at a 96, and then it's a Padron 1926 number 9 in 2007 uh, at a 97 rated. So... Those are the top stuff. The um, again, great issue. This is an awesome, awesome issue. And uh, Drone Series 1926 80 year Maduro was rated 96 as well, according to my stats here. Well, what are you looking at? You're looking at looking uh, at the actual page in the book. Pensado wasn't the only 96. Oh, all right. And get the Padron. Okay, you get the Padron too. So Padron, Padron's ranking up. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Um, this issue also has regular ratings, not just the ratings of the past. It has its regular ratings, uh, big ratings for Churchill's this, this time, Atoro Fuente, Chateau Fuente, King T. Tubo gets the 90 rating on the Corona Gorda. As Mr. Jonathan mentioned, it's the Padron 7000, a 6.5 by 60 at a 93. The Figurados top off with La Libertad Torpedo at a 92. Lonsdale's come in at 90 rated, four kicks number five. Um, the Flor Dominicana 
uh, Cameroon cabinet number one, and my father, Cedro Deluxe, with 90 ratings. Petit Coronas, and you don't see a lot of this because they're not big into uh, Davidoff cigars because, frankly, they're too mild for their taste, but they gave the highest rating on Petit Coronas to the Davidoff Puro Diorio Sublime. Well, that's not a really a mild cigar either. It is not. It is full-bodied. And the, the odd one in this issue, the standout oddity, uh, um, was the Cuba Aliados Habano Cabinet um, Robusto, 93 rating. There's a brand you don't hear about much, much often anymore, which is uh, Cuba Aliados, but I haven't had that in the longest time. Certainly, I look at something like that, and I have to try it again. So uh, we, we have that? We do not have that. I would have to buy that in another brick-and-mortar store because that's where I buy my cigars. If I don't have it, I've got to go to a brick-and-mortar store because that's what we support because without the brick-and-mortar stores, cigar, uh, cigar Aficionado doesn't make it. Without Cigar Aficionado, we wouldn't know to try that cigar again. So there's a little thing going on, a little bonding. You can beat them up with they, their taste is different than yours and things like that. But the bottom line is what I want to say is thank you to Marvin Shankin and all the folks at Cigar Aficionado. Be happy. Happy, happy 20th uh, year, happy anniversary. Uh, you have certainly helped me and cigar um, makers and cigar retailers and cigar consumers all around the world, not just the United States. So thank happy, you for that. Happy, happy, joy, joy. So anyway, uh, I can't take it anymore. I say we go to break because he's there. New York, they'll be able to hold off. I can't. So when we come back, Louie, Louie is, as far as I'm concerned, the most exciting pitcher in Red Sox history. Uh, wide open cigar smoker. He'll join us and tell us about his cigars and uh, his history and everything that, uh, even what's happening with the Red Sox now. So live from Two Guys Smoke Shop in Seabrook, New Hampshire, you're listening to the Cigar Authority on the United Retailers Radio Network. Hello, this is Paul Joyo from Ocean State Cigars, and you're listening to the Cigar Authority on United Cigar Retailers Radio Network. I'd like to file a missing persons report. I've lost my one true love. All right, what does she look like? She is like no other. Her skin, dark, simply gorgeous. Not slender, but firm to the touch. Well, we'll do everything we can for you, sir. The night we met over a fine scotch, it was love at first sight. Details, I need details, sir. Well, she's about five and a half inches tall. You mean five feet tall? No, inches. Oh, she's a mid, a dwarf, uh, a little person. No, she's a cigar. Ah, right, sir. Is she a Fleur de Lorraine cigar? The cigar that men around the world are falling in love with? Yes. Oh, I've seen this before. Louie! Yeah? Uh, get him a Fleur de Lorraine cigar and a list of United Cigar retailers to carry it. Fleur de Lorraine Cigars, simply gorgeous. Available only at appointed United Cigar retailers across the country. Fleur de Lorraine, stop missing out. Mr. Jonathan, a shadowed figure spinning tunes on records that do not exist. Mr. Jonathan, a young cigar smoker on a crusade to champion the oldies, top 40, and yes, even country, with a host of DJs that operate above the mix. Mr. Jonathan is my dance instructor. Mr. Jonathan is my DJ. Mr. Jonathan is me. Mr. Jonathan is my DJ.com. 
your one-stop shop for everything DJ and sound production. Mr. Jonathan is my DJ.com. It's an exquisite day here at the Jensen Estate patio overlooking the 13th green. And we're underway. Jim Jensen has chosen his favorite stick. The Diamond Crown Number no. 4 by J.C. Newman. See the way he holds the cigar, Tom? Mm. Excellent balance and heft. Ooh, he's eyeing the silky Connecticut Shade Wrapper, fermented twice for the smoothest, richest flavor. And hand-rolled by the Fuente family with a blend of six to seven distinct Dominican and Caribbean basin tobacco leaves. Each lovingly aged for at least five years. Oh, now Jensen's lighting up the Diamond Crown. He's got a precision burn, Tom. Mm, Those highly complex flavors with hints of dark chocolate really deliver, Bill. Yes, like all cigars in J.C. Newman's premium diamond crown line. That'd be the highly rated Maximus and the Julius Caesar. Ah, now Jensen's settling in, rolling the rich smoke through his nose. Look at the satisfaction on his face, Bill. Oh, a thing of beauty, Tom. Experience the premium diamond crown brand by J.C. Newman at select retailers or diamond crown lounge near you. Find us on Facebook at J.C. Newman Cigar Co. or visit diamondcrown.com. You're listening to David Garofalo and Mr. Jonathan on the Cigar Authority. And they wanted me to tell you about the Cigar Station. It's the world's first 24-7 radio station, custom programmed for cigar smokers and lovers of the good life. Enjoy cool tunes from familiar artists. Everyone from Van Morrison, Phil Collins, and Dave Matthews to Paul Simon, Sade, and Tony Bennett. And stay informed with Cigar College, Cigar News and Reviews, and Smoke Breaks. Interviews with cigar-loving celebrities and industry personalities. Give us a listen. The Cigar Station at thecigarstation.com. To some, tradition is a catchphrase. To us, it's a guiding light. For there can be no great future without reverence for the past. Hammer and Sickle Tradition Series cigars are handmade, employing only time-honored methods. Meticulously crafted of individually selected tobaccos, Tradition Series is a blend of three-year-aged Dominican Viso and Lijero, all finished inside a breathtaking five-year-aged Connecticut shade wrapper. Tradition Series from Hammer and Sickle. Live well. Hi, this is Rocky Shelf from Rocky Shelf Premium Cigars, and you're listening to the Cigar Authority on the United Cigar Retailers Radio Network. And we are back live at Two Guys Smoke Shop in Seabrook, New Hampshire. Big day here, lots going on in sports, and wouldn't we have all the luck in the world to have Louis Tiant here? Thank you so much, Louis, for coming on. We're smoking the El Tianti cigar, well improved. You've done it for a while. Well improved cigar. You like it? Well, of course yeah. you like it, right? Much better. Yeah. That's good. That's good. good. That's real good, you know. And uh, we've been having good luck with them because people like it. They buy and they come back and buy them again. There we go. That tells we everything. Have a, we don't have any bad commentaries about it. Yeah. Everybody very, very good. They, they, they like it. And, uh, that's a good. That's a good. Very cigar. good job. Now, really if good. I remember correctly, when when you were in the baseball uh, days, you were smoking um, Tiamo. Mm-hmm. Back in those days, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, I'll tell you, um, uh, Havana, Cuba. I, I watched the uh, documentary. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a couple of years ago when it came out. I, I actually skipped a uh, dinner date I had uh, at the trade show when that came out. We were at the trade show, mm-hmm. and I, I wanted to watch it, so I canceled it out. I know you were on the sales floor that that following day. Mm-hmm. I came and saw you and your wife, and yeah. had to give you a hug yeah. because I mean uh, I don't cry often, but <laughs> if if you could have yeah. a, a dry eye after watching yeah. that, wow, yeah, uh, was, you have was, lived a life. It really was interesting, you know, but I. 
when we do that, I want to do because a lot of people all the time, they, they see me and they tell me, you know, you're lucky, you play baseball. But people don't know what you had to go through in life. You know? What you had to go through. And, I, my uh, God. You know, I get out of my country 17 years. Even, I even was 17. And you go to another country. It was Mexico at that time. Yeah. You don't know nobody. You again the war. You know. Yeah. And, uh, you know what's easy touch because you don't know what you're really gonna do or how you're gonna turn around. You can get hurt. Yeah. Maybe you're not good enough, and you have to go or stay there because I can't come back to Cuba. <laughs> right. And not treated very well when, when you came at the beginning. I mean. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, when, when I come in here, when I come into the United States in uh, 1962, that's where my first year. I got a full year here. Yeah. Uh, I was in Charleston, West Virginia. Right. That was my first time. And then the second year, 63, I was in Burlington, North Carolina. You know, yeah. People know, a lot of the people over there, they don't want that good to us. No, <laughs> no, no. They they have their uh, yeah. regular people that they, you know, certain nationality, certain yeah. color, certain race, mm -hmm. everything in those days. Yeah. I mean, yeah. hope, thank yeah. God it's turned around uh, <clears throat> dramatically. But you played yeah. for so many different teams over the years. Uh, and it was obviously to me 1971. Uh, I'm 11 years old, and Louis Tian comes to the Boston Red Sox, and your your pitching style, everything was different about it, uh, and you were loved from day one. I mean, Boston took to you uh, like I never saw it taken take to another pitcher. I mean, I don't know. Was that the same with the other teams you played for? Uh, because you ended up <coughs> living here at the end. You, could, you, well, you know, when I come into Cleveland, my first year in '64. Yeah. I think uh, that's the best thing that could have happened for a young person to debut in the in the big okay. league. No matter what team you go, you you just want to be in right. the big league. Yeah. And then uh, I remember I pitching a day after coming from San Diego. They fly me to San Diego in the red eye, and I had to I get in New York at seven o'clock in the morning. And I had to meet the, they called, as soon as I get there, they called my room. Uh, maybe what, about 8 o'clock, I had to fly oh, five hours, man. you know. And they telling me, the, you know, the general manager want to see me. And I go and sign the contract. Yeah. And the, the, the minimum was $6,000. A year. And they give me five. And they gave you five, less than the minimum. Less than the minimum. Five thousand a year. He made the big leagues five thousand a year. And I, and I, I'm coming for triple A, win fifteen and one. Wow. Boy, they got their money's worth. Oh yeah. Fifteen, you know, I mean, fifteen and one, and they give you five grand, huh? Uh, and then I come into the big league, and I win ten and four. I got win twenty five and five that year. Wow. And I got five thousand dollar raise. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I mean. Uh, I, I can tell you, it was different what it is now. Oh. Uh, uh, different era. Different money, certainly. Different people involved in the game. Yeah. You know, and that's what I think if Teddy will go forward and get better, I think it will, the game goes sour because uh, too many things in the beginning with it. You know, yeah. the agent controls the game. Yeah, yeah. And they can do whatever they want, you know, and they should have for the owner to fight with them, see, and the people don't understand that part. You know? Yeah, it's become a big business. Red Auerbach yeah, said yeah. to me once, yeah. uh, the, the, um, 
the Celtics great Red Auerbach said when he started, the, the kids used to come in to play basketball with gym bags. Mm -hmm. And as the years changed, they would have briefcases and their uh, lawyers with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So a dramatic change yeah. that happens. Well, you know, that, that's, I think the, the biggest mistake was made in the game of baseball was when everybody knows your salary. Yeah, okay. You see, when we play... Even we make it five thousand dollars. <laughs> you should have told everybody. I think they you, would have passed the hat around the stadium. You, you can't tell anybody, you, even in your teammates. You really? can't tell nobody because uh. you say something to somebody, how much money you make it? They fire. Oh wow! See now everybody know what everybody make, and then you know it's it hard for people don't making that kind of money. Working people every day, they had to go out breaking their back trying to make a few dollars, and then. Sometimes when you're leasing and the guy, they're offering $140 million, they don't want to take it. Oh, my God. See, <laughs> uh, and then the people working hard in the street, whatever they have to do, you know, it make it harder for the fan. And, uh, but uh, that's the way it is, no matter who gets mad or not. Yeah. And, uh, and I think a part of the agents, because the agent is the one to talk, not the player. Right. Then, uh, they represent they, they them and get a piece. And they want to get more money yep. to put them in their pocket. And they really don't give a damn about the game. Yeah. You know, the game can't go sour tomorrow, and they got the money in their pack. Well, and I appreciate them getting the big money, <coughs> but what, what has happened as, as yeah. a fan is you can't afford to go to the games. Yeah. The families can't go anymore. Well, that's the biggest problem, too. But, but that's what it is. That's yeah. what it's going to be, no so matter what we say, no matter what we're talking about. Uh, I know people... Get the same stuff in somewhere with the money the player make it, or they're making too much money they don't want to play. That's that not true, you know. Yeah. I, I, I don't believe in any player, no matter how much money they make, they want to go to the field and making error, losing the game. Mm. We took out with best and when he can win the game, or the pitcher go over there and get beat. I, I don't think it is true, you yeah. know. Nobody want to be that way. You want to go over there and do a good job, sure, but. That's what happened, you know. The, I believe in the, the, the young pitchers now, they are not prepared like we was. You know, we're coming from minor league. I was in the minor league six and a half years. Ah. You see, I learned how to pitch in the minor league. See, those kids now, because they throw 98, they bring him up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, and they don't know what he did. Yes, baseball, baseball. Right, right. Big league, everybody can hit baseball. They don't know how set the hitters are. They don't know how... They don't have a good breaking balls, and they're going to get killed. Yeah. But uh, the problem is when I come into the big league, we only got a 16 team. Now they got 30. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Almost a double, you see. And then the, everything goes a little sour, you know. Yeah. But uh, it no mean they got some good players now when we were, where I was playing. And, and the thing is uh, we used to pitch them every four days. Yeah. We throw 200 pitches in one game. Yeah. Now it's different because... Uh, you pitch them every five days. They only turn to 100 pitch. Right, but right. The, the biggest problem about that is if they get hurt, yeah. because they're living and, and throw 110 and they get hurt, the agent coming back and sue the team for maybe $50 million. Because you pitched me 10, 10 extra pitches. See, and that's why people don't understand that part about in what position the owners are. It's hard for them. To yeah, work. yeah. And you have to do from the top to the minor. Yeah, you had to do that. You had. Well, to the, it seems it seems like the mindset back then was 
what it should be. Mm. You work hard. You earn your spot. Yeah. Uh, if they need you to throw 200 pitches, you throw 200 yeah, pitches. You're all about well, right. Well, well, for the men- team. It was different mentality. I think we grow up different and the kid now. You know, we grow up tough. We we. And I don't say they're not tough. I know a lot of this guy, Peroy, is tough. A lot of this yeah. guy, Euclid, was tough. You know, a lot of this guy, they're tough. They're, they're good as we could be. Yeah. But uh, we have a different mentality. Yeah. You know, like uh, when I started, I, I want to finish my game. I don't want to give my game to nobody. Right. I don't want to pitch in my in and then the guy coming and deny and the I blew my game. Right. <laughs> See, I, I never liked that. And I don't care if I had to throw 200 pitch or I had to throw 100. But you really... So you argue with the manager when he comes on the mound to take oh, you yeah, out? You oh, say, yeah, oh, yeah, don't yeah, take yeah. me out, I no, want to win no, this. No, 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 I don't let it take him out. <laughs> <laughs> I talk him out of him. Yeah? See, and, uh, and, the, and the problem with that is, you know, they throw, say, 100 pitch. Now, you divide 100 pitch for nine. Yeah. And you throw 10 pitches an inning, sometimes you might throw 15 pitches in one inning. Sure. But you got an inning, you might throw five. Yeah. And then when you put them together in the end, you should have a, maybe a 10 pitches left when you pitch in an inning to throw 90 yeah. pitches. Yeah, you should have See? more. But the problem with this is most of the young guys, they go over there and throw 85 pitches in three innings. You see, yeah. now, how are you going to pitch in a inning when you got 85 no. and 3 when you can throw 100? Yeah, got to take and, it out. And that's a big problem, you know. You have to throw more strike, and uh, mm-hmm. you have to be around the play. You have to learn how to set the hitters out. And, 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 it's and, not that's, be, a, and that's a big problem with a young kid. It's you not know. going to be fastballs because it's oh, going to no, be... Oh, no, they yeah. hit you. Yeah. yeah. In big league, everybody can hit fastball. I don't care how high you throw. Yeah. See, and, and that's the... They send to the, oh, he throw 100, he throw 95. So what? I used to throw 99. Yeah. I used to throw 98, 99. And they hit him. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They hit him. You kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> and they hit him far, too. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, and that's what they don't realize. And uh, they, they think because you throw high, you can pitch in the big league. Today, when I play before me, the hitter in the big league can hit baseball. Yeah. And don't care about it. No, don't think you no know, even doubt about it. The big league, there's the best players. Oh, yeah. You know, no matter yeah. what. And you can come in here and try to fooling guy because you, you're you not going to do that. Right. Especially when you don't know how. Yeah. You were pitching coach for a while. Yeah. Yeah. And But you never taught anybody your pitching style of the way you turned your body. I've never seen a copy of that. No. Well, you know, you don't have to do that. I think you throw, you're trying to teach in the base. Yeah, yeah. Pitching. They do what they That's do. That's the more... Uh, to me, that's the first per, the first thing you have to teach in kid. Uh, you know, uh, I, I like to see the, the, the pitcher turning. You should turn in your back. Yeah. Not as much I did, but you should turn in your back because when you do that, you keep in the balance in your body. You, you get nailed on bar calls and stuff for doing yeah. that? No? Mm-mm. Only in the big league. Me, all in the, in the World Series in 75. Yeah. First bail umpire called me a buck. Yeah. And Morgan, Morgan, your Morgan was in first base. The first time I throw, he was out. He's calling safe. And then the second time I throw, he said, Buck. Yeah. And the funny thing, I go over there and I go with him. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I thought, telling, what's the matter? Are you crazy? It's stupid. Now, he, he told me, <laughs> he said to me, you better go back to your mom. Oh. Because they're going to throw you. Uh-uh. You, you, you black butt out. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> 
in a World uh, Series, that yeah, would have been a disaster. Yeah, yeah. You ended up winning that. Yeah, yeah. And not only did you win that game, you batted. Mm -hmm. And uh, I remember that. And um, not the best style in the world, but you mm -hmm. got a hit. Yep. <laughs> in all due respect. You got that right. Yeah. Um, but you were the winning run. Yeah. You were the winning run in a World Series uh, for a American League player. Uh, I don't know if that was ever done before. That that might yeah. be. A well, I, I used to hit pretty good. I mean, yeah. The long they throw me first ball. That's why I tell you, yeah, everybody yeah. in the big league can hit first ball. You throw breaking ball, I don't have no chance. And, so first ball, I can hit it. Yeah, yeah. You know, and uh, and uh, when I was in Cleveland, we used to hit in Cleveland. You know, and then when I come here, I think in '72, that's when they changed to the DH. But uh, I, I used to hit, and I like a hit, uh, uh, but uh, they change, and, uh, and I don't really like it too much. I think uh, the, the pitch is true hit. Sure. Because they change a lot of part of oh, the game. It, it changed the game completely. Yeah. Listen, we have one minute left. I wonder if you can just recap what you think of this Red Sox, what's going on now where they're trading away the team, basically. <laughs> Maybe not a bad idea. What's your feeling? Well, you know, I, I, I really... Don't want to comment too much about it because I really don't have nothing to do with no, it. No, I know you, you have know, nothing I, to do I, with I, it, but I part of the organization. I've been part of the organization for the last 11 years. Yeah, you know, I've been doing PR. I go to spring training, and that to me is part of the owner, the manager, the yeah. general manager. They're the one that have to do. They have to figure out what we need to do to get better. Yeah, yeah. And I know they, that's what they're trying to do, no matter what. Sure. I know that I know the owner, I know Lucino is my boss. And uh, I know what they, uh, we sit down, we talk, and, uh, you know, they got some good ideas. They've been good on it so far, all those years. You know, they want to win, they respect the game. Sure. Uh, and I think that we're lucky, we have a... 30 seconds. A, you know, a, a bunch of guys there. Uh, they 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 enjoying the game the much we enjoy. They want to win and they respect the game. They respect the player and they respect the fans. All right, we only we're at the clock right now. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna take a break. When we come back, uh, we're gonna smoke the El Tianti Maduro. Mike Bellady, the co-owner and president of El Tianti, is gonna join us. We're live here at Two Guys Smoke Shop in Seabrook, New Hampshire, with El Tianti himself, Louis Tiant. Come on by. You're listening to the Cigar Authority on the United Retailers Radio Network. This is Sean Poser from J.C. Newman Cigar Company, and you're listening to the Cigar Authority on the United Cigar Retailers Radio Network. This is David Garofalo of Two Guys Smoke Shop, and we're proud to say Two Guys is the largest family-owned cigar retailer in America. I've been there many times before, Dave, and it's true. It is stogie heaven. Two Guys has three locations, all conveniently located off Exit 1 and all right over the Taxachusetts border in New Hampshire. Take Route 93 to Salem, Route 95 to Seabrook, or Route 3 to Nashua, because for cigars, every highway leads to Two Guys Smoke Shop. Two Guys Rock. There's no cigar tax or sales tax in New Hampshire, and coincidentally, we have built three glorious cigar shops right over the border. Coincidentally, huh? It's no accident, and just one of the reasons Two Guys is the largest cigar retailer in America. Two Guys Rock. Two Guys Rock. With a billion choices, it's 
Another reason could be our cigar selection. Again, the biggest and best, I'm proud to say. Make the pilgrimage to Two Guys Smoke Shop in tax-free Salem, Nashua, or Seabrook, New Hampshire. Or find them on the web at twoguysmokeshop.com. It's Stogie Heaven. You like Robusto, I'll take a Toro. You like Oscuro, I'll take Maduro. You like Perfecto, I'll take Torpedo. Sit back, relax, it's Two Guys time. Two Guys Rock. Two Guys Rock. With a million choices, it's Stogie Heaven. Okay, people, we've just been awarded the Brickhouse Ad Account. Now, this cigar was named Best Bargain Cigar of 2009 by Cigar Aficionado, got a 91 rating, plus it's the hottest cigar on the market. So, we need an award-winning slogan. He's a brick. How? What about, it's not your grandfather's cigar? Ah, it's been done. Next? How about good to the last draw? Ah, something original, people. You deserve a brick today? Who are you? Do you even work here? Excuse me, sir. Am I to understand that every Brickhouse cigar is built with all the flavor and quality of the premium cigars of yesteryear? Yesteryear? Really? That's right, Bixby. But yet yeah, costs around five bucks each. Indeed. Well, sir, people don't really need a slogan. They don't? No, sir. Then what do they need? Five bucks and a comfortable chair. Five bucks and a comfortable chair. Genius! <laughs> Meet the perfect cigar to share with friends. Brickhouse by J.C. Newman. Handmade in Nicaragua with a fine Havana Subido wrapper. Brickhouse starts out earthy and crisp and burns well-rounded and smooth. Nothing stands the test of a good time like a Brickhouse. For more, visit BrickhouseCigars.com. All right, listen up. If you've been feeling stuck in life, unmotivated, procrastinating, and just flat-out frustrated with the same old results and routines, consider this your wake-up call. The fact of the matter is you control your destiny, not your boss, your company, the government, or anyone else outside of yourself. With responsibility comes power. My name is Chuck Morrison, owner and founder of MakingMountainsMove.com. Since 2009, I've been helping ordinary people from around the globe achieve extraordinary results. Authors, app developers, business owners, speakers, trainers, coaches, all just ordinary people until they plugged into the Triple M movement. Now it's your turn. This is about unleashing your legacy. If you've ever had that calling, that burning desire to raise your game and start living life at a higher level, the wait is finally over. End the frustration. Crush the procrastination. Say goodbye to fear, doubt, and worry forever. Check out the fastest growing movement inside the personal development industry. Check out Making Mountains Move. In a world where the success of a cigar brand is recognized by its flavor, comes two that go head-to-head. One man smoking two cigars at the same time. Two rappers united in name, but separated by taste. One cigar known as the natural. The natural is no lightweight. It boasts full flavor and taste. The United Cigar Natural. Now comes the Maduro. Darker and even more bolder. Within your face flavor. United Cigar. Nothing could prepare you for what awaits you in the box. Both box pressed. Both 65 million years in the making. Uh, that may be wrong. Well, I'm going with it anyway. Action. Adventure. And bromance. That's right. Bromance. United Cigar. Available in natural or Maduro. Available only at appointed United Cigar retailer shops nationwide. Rated D for delicious. Under 18, not admitted even with a parent. United Cigars. You don't have to choose. Smoke them both. 
Mr. Jonathan here from the Cigar Authority. Every Saturday morning during my preparation for the radio show, I head over to visit my friend Scott at Moe's Italian Sandwiches here in Salem, New Hampshire. Scott makes my sandwich fresh right when I order it and makes it exactly how I want it. When I'm running too late to visit Scott in person, I simply pick up the phone and call 603-912-5336 and Scott delivers it to me himself. Delivery is free and is available every day. Moses is located right behind Two Guys Smoke Shop in Salem, New Hampshire at 5 Kelly Road. The next time you are hungry or need to feed your son's football team, please do me a personal favor and call my good friend Scott, 603-912-5336 and tell him that Mr. Jonathan sent you. Remember, you can't say no to a mo. You're listening to Southern New Hampshire's home for the Boston Red Sox. WGAM Manchester, WGHM Nashua. This is Viral from TravelingStogie.com, and you're listening to The Cigar Authority on the United Cigar Retailers Radio Network. This is The Cigar Authority. Go, Harry. Go! The authority on everything cigar. That's what I'm talking about! Featuring cigar celebrities from every major cigar brand. I gotta see some serious Awesome! With your host, David Garofalo. Do you know who I am? This is the guy behind the guy behind the guy. I made my bones when you were going out with cheerleaders. And Mr. Jonathan. Mr. 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 Kind of a big deal. People know me. It's time for the Cigar Authority. Look at what we have here. This is a big one, the one I've been waiting for all my life. Who wants to have some fun? And broadcasting live today from Two Guys Smoke Shop in Seabrook, New Hampshire, Louis Tiat, El Tiante, is here for the day. If you want to come by and meet Louis, get an autographed baseball, try his cigars, they're fantastic. Come on down, take Route 95 to Exit 1. Come to the end of the exit, take a left. We're right there on the left-hand side. El Tiante, baseball legend, uh, my favorite baseball player of all time, cigar smoker. He wasn't even being shy about it in those days. He was smoking, and nobody said nothing about it. Things have changed. We'll see if we can bring things back to the way they used to. Uh, you're listening to the Cigar Authority, a weekly cigar show about cigars and what goes along with them. And this time, what goes along with them is baseball. That's right. And first, uh, before we go any further, I want to tell you, you are listening to the Cigar Authority on the United Cigar Retailers Radio Network, the only syndicated radio show in New England and in the United States that is always broadcasted on location. That's right, the only radio show that allows and encourage, encourages cigar smoking. You can always tune in at thecigarauthority.com or watch us live right at thecigarauthority.com. And also, you can catch the podcast on demand at any time right on iTunes where you can set it and forget it. And for your cigar smoking and listening pleasure, tune in to thecigarstation.com every Sunday and catch the rebroadcast because, you know, you miss stuff. You miss stuff. Sometimes you listen twice. So you listen from 11 to 1, and then maybe later on, 11 to 1 again, right at thecigarstation.com. Okay, we're going to fire up our second cigar, which we smoked a Rosado first. We're going to go on to the Maduro, which I know is much fuller-bodied. But I'll tell you, they're full-bodied, but they don't make me sick. They don't uh, get that feeling in my stomach. So I enjoy this cigar. With us is Mike Bellady, the president and co-owner of El Tianti Cigars with Louis Tiant. Mike, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, Dave. 
Um, so are you into baseball, cigars, both? I mean, what made you jump into this in this crazy industry that we have here? I'm into both. Um, I've been a Red Sox fan my whole life. I grew up in Hartford, Connecticut, right on the New York Yankee Red Sox Mason Dixon line. Oh yeah, yeah, you could have won either way. <laughs> yeah, Although I, Louis Louis played for the Yankees there at the end. Yeah, he did. And um, I still love him though. Yeah, <laughs> we we forgive. Yeah. Here. Um, but uh, my entire family, except for my brother and I, were Yankees fans and. Giants fans, and we were Patriots fans and Red Sox fans, so we suffered as children <laughs> dearly, dearly for a long time. But to show that we're diehard fans, we stuck with them, and we've had recent success. Not this year, notwithstanding. Okay, now that that must have been scary for you, starting a brand with a celebrity's name on it, because really there are no brands with celebrity names on them that last and that do well. And this is in its uh, third or fourth incarnation, and it looks like this is the one. Yeah. What made you decide you're going to pull the trigger not once but, but so many times and really see it through to the end? Yeah, this is, uh, we've gone, Tian Cigars has gone through a, um, a, a major evolution over the years. Uh, I was not involved in the prior uh, launchings that they had. Okay. Um, I got involved with the company about a year and a half ago when we started to work with uh, My Father Cigars and Pepin and, and Jaime Garcia. And um, uh, this, we've come a long way, as most cigar smokers that tried the old cigars know and have compared to the new ones. They've come a long way. They're a very high-quality, well-blended cigar, and we really took our time with them. It took us almost a year just to get the blend finalized. Um, so we're very cautious about making sure that we put a product out. It's going to be a vi the highest quality, well, you especially with Louis's name on it. Right. We hit the nail on the head this time. I'll say uh, finally there's a cigar, I think, worthy of Louis's name on it. Are you the guy behind that to say, you know, you're going to decide this is the, the cigar that's going to go, or is this you work together, or how's this go? Yeah, so uh, Louis's son Danny and I worked on the initial blending process with Jaime and, and Pepin, and... Um, uh, we collaborated pretty equally on, on, on the blending and, and put together the, the finalized blend. We obviously reached out to a lot of people we know in the industry. Louis certainly has his, his say on what blends we put out. He sure. tries everything we put out. Uh, we went to some of our uh, competitors and friends to try them. Sure. One of the great things about this industry is competitors actually help each other yeah, out. It's awesome. So, I mean, we had people from, you know, Rocky Patel to Jonathan Drew to numerous people just were so willing to help us with the blending process. Yeah. And we're competitors and, and friends at the same time. So it took a while. It took about a year. We wanted to have these out for last year's IPCPR in Vegas. Yeah. Um, but we didn't, we didn't think they were ready. So we, didn't, we waited till October. And the same thing's happening now. We were going to have two new blends out this year at the IPCPR, and we held, we're holding off on them. Smart move. I, I know, uh, you know, you get the feeling as a business person, as you are, that let me put this out and, and get the register ringing type of thing. But it's better to go slow in this industry and do it right the first time or the fourth time in, in, your, in your sake. Um, you see what ends up happening when you rush it out, mm -hmm. and then the cigar doesn't live up to the reputation it's, it deserves right now. You're looking at a cigar at about $8. You're, everything's under $10 yep. here on El Tignante, so there's plenty of value here for the type of cigar it is. Um, and not only um, is, is the retailer going to sell the cigar if Louis or yourself or Brett is here running a promotion, but just to go up to him, that's what you need. You need the cigar to sell without the help of you guys and the help of just the raw cigar itself. Yeah, we, we, we really wanted to be price conscious about the cigar we put out uh, initially here. We, our goal was to keep every cigar, even the, the pyramid, which is our most expensive uh, shape, 
uh, under $10. That right. was our goal. Perfect. So it worked Perfect. Out well. So what is your background uh, before you got into the cigar business? My, my entire professional background is investment management. Oh, really? So, yeah. so is this an investment? <laughs> I'd say so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've, yeah. met, I've met people in the cigar industry that have said to me, uh, you know how you make a, uh, you get a, a million dollars in this industry is you start with two. Yeah. <laughs> and then you end up with a million. So yeah. it's a real love of cigars, yeah. and, and hopefully the, the end game is you make money and it works. So well. Exactly, and you, you have to have a passion for the for the industry, for the product, and and certainly it's not the fastest industry to make money. No, in. it is not. So you have to be willing to give it some time. And and um, and if I didn't love cigars and I didn't um, get along so well with the, the Tiant family, didn't know them well, I probably wouldn't have yeah. gotten involved in the business. And a year and a half in, how do you feel? Honestly, you yeah, happy? Good. Yeah, it's going well. I mean, it, it does take time, and and but we're making we're getting a lot of great reviews. Um, they've consistently been getting ratings in the 90s right and um, there's been a lot of press about them we had a cover story written about us in one of the major uh, magazines and so it's definitely taking on uh, the social media helps and the words definitely getting out that these are a great cigar well you must you must live and breathe baseball because your initials are MLB <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've never heard that before oh. <laughs> no yeah it's uh, pure coincidence yeah um, well, I'll tell you, we just came back from the big IPCPR trade show. Yeah. There was literally hundreds of new brands that were out there, and the buzz out there was your brand, which uh. was nice to hear from, from a Boston point of view that people were saying, you know, even the, the folks that didn't know Louie as well as Boston uh, fans do, uh, but people were talking about not Louis Tiant, but El Tianti cigars. Did you try the El Tianti cigar? Wow, that was really good. So that's a good sign of yeah. uh, what's to come. Hopefully, it's the cigar can live by itself as a, as opposed to just off. Um, yeah, I think that's the key. I think with, with the prior uh, uh, cigars <laughs> that were out under the Tiante name, a lot of times what happened with the if you, you may remember they had a red, white, and blue box. That right. Kind of looked like a Red Sox cigar, and um, I think a lot of times people looked at them as a novelty item. They didn't look at them as a serious cigar. So you'll notice that the box is a more traditional right. sort of Cuban cabinet style box. There's very subtle references to Louis' baseball life yeah. on the bands. But other than that, uh, we wanted to get away from the novelty of, approach and, and make yeah. sure that people know this is a serious cigar. Yeah, not a lot of flash. I mean, I like your lid that comes up for, as a retailer. The mm -hmm. lid uh, snaps onto the top of it, the, yep. the display, which is pretty cool. Um, you, you got a hot manufacturer that actually does things right anyway with uh, Pepin Garcia. Um, price right, everything's going right for it, so I urge those that are listening, uh, wherever you are, uh, give El Tianti Cigars a try. You have the Rosado, which uh, we just smoked on the first hour, uh, perfect for my palate. It is uh, a medium-bodied cigar, I would say, lots and lots of character and flavor to it. Now I get to the Maduro <laughs> over here, and not to beat you up, there's a, there's a, an, uh, a butt for every seat, and uh, <laughs> this is, this is full-bodied. Yeah, it is. Uh, you know, we... The Rosado we classify as medium to full body, but it, I would put it towards the, more towards the medium side. Uh, this is definitely, in my opinion, a fuller bodied cigar. It's got a little extra spice. Um, it's, it's definitely not for the mild cigar smoker, right. uh, but uh, it's the one I prefer, so I smoke it all the time. And you're talking about two new releases that you may have for yeah. next year in time. Are you going to come out with something mild? you got a shade wrap, or what do you got coming? Yeah, we're working on a milder blend that will be milder than the Rosado. Okay. And 
a fuller body plan than even fuller than oh my god <laughs> that is going to be a lot stronger and fuller body than even our Oscuro is so. really yeah. and what kind of wrapper are you putting on well that? we're still working on that yeah but uh, we've been uh, how much stronger could you get than this I, I don't oh, know you, wait, wait and see Dave yeah. wait and see. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it yeah. I want you to try that one at around 9 a.m. oh with yeah a cup of coffee yeah <laughs> We used, to, we used to do this show at, at 10 a.m. before. Oh, my goodness. It was it, brutal. It was tough. I mean, some, mm -hmm. some people would come in with, you know, like a Lito Gomez type of cigar or something would come in. Or, oh, my God. I'm like, it's a headache all day. Well, yeah, let's move the show till noon. That was your hangover. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, very, very impressive. I'll tell you, you know, you look at this uh, beautiful uh, white ash. It has a beautiful even burn. You, you, there's no doubt about uh, well-aged tobacco going into it. It's not harsh in any way. It is full body. Yeah, it's not man. cooked. This is a... Uh, this would be like a, an Oscuro, right? Yep. It's, uh, as far as the, the color of the wrapper would go. Yep. It's a Habano Oscuro. It's an Ecuadorian Oscuro wrapper with a Nicaraguan binder and, and filler. And, uh, and looking at the looking at the ring of the burn, there's no it's not painted. There's no oils on it. That's just clean tobacco yeah, right there. Well, very done. very good. Yeah. This is uh, no glitz. I mean, this is this is the real deal here, which yeah. is great to see. Uh, I know Brett. Uh, I, I saw him work in the customers and stuff, and they come up and uh, hey, what do you like to smoke? And we're hearing a lot of mild. I know uh, that's not the stuff they're chatting about in the chat boxes and and talking in the in the magazines, but the, the bulk of people tend to like milder cigars, and uh, I'll be looking forward myself to you come out with a, with a mild papine, which is almost like you don't hear a, a lot of that. So yeah, That's one of the reasons we want to do it, is we, we want to come out with a very flavorful, mild papine-made cigar, because yeah. there there's not a lot of that out there. Yeah, and you're going you're gonna to stick with papine through all your blends. Yep. Uh, yeah. Okay, consistency. and yeah, uh, They've been very good to us. Uh, they treat us like family. All right, so good. It's great. Good, good. Uh, you speak Spanish yourself? No. No? I, I took three years of Spanish in high school a long time ago. You should have paid attention, right? I should have paid attention. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I feel. I've, I've known Pepin for many, many years uh, before he even came to the U.S. and uh, with translators and things like that. And, and for just the reason to be able to speak to him, I'd like to yeah. learn Spanish to be able to really sit down because I, I have a lot to say, as you can see, and I say a long, long sentence to a translator. He says three, four words back to him. Yeah. He says a whole bunch of things back to me and the guy gives me three or four words back, and I'm like, I'm missing the whole thing here. Get the iTranslate app. Yeah? <laughs> it works. Okay. Most I'll, of the time. I'll have to do that. Just so. watch the autocorrect, because you don't want to swear at them by mistake. <laughs> <laughs> so are you in every state in the country now? Are you? Yeah, we have, we have sales reps in about 35 states now. Okay. So we, ha we are in every state in some way, shape, or form. Either a retailer reached out to us, but... We're getting national distribution. And okay. Starting to take so off. anybody listening, and, and we're heard through the through the podcast and through uh, uh, lots of different ways they hear us. You can hear us uh, in every state. So look for El Tianti cigars. It's Louis Tiant, great great guy. Mike, you're a great guy too. And um, it's like a hug fest here. On no, the no, I feel the love. A little smoochy smoochy going on. <laughs> You know, I, I think they had a tough, tough start-up. You know, we took them on right from the very go uh, and went through all the different processes. And I was so, so happy when I got the first samples of El Tianti again. And I said, no, they got it this time. They, you know, it, it, it's not just, the, you know, we would do good when Louis would come in the store and people would buy the cigar. But we're looking for more than that as a retailer. We want the cigar to sell afterwards. Sure. You know? So I think you got it. Congratulations. And uh, if, if uh, uh, anybody out there wants to give a, a really good cigar a try with no bull crap added to the cigar, I mean, this is a, a real cigar. I mean, there's no... Um, 
glitz and, and uh, stuff that a lot of the people that uh, put out, Jonathan was saying earlier, that a lot of companies have come out with um, celebrity cigars. Mm -hmm. They all fail. You know, and uh, well, because the mo most of the time gets put into the packaging and into hyping the name, almost nothing gets put into right. the, the aging and the the process leading up to the cigar. It's got to be a good cigar and, if you're going to go past the event. Right, and we got it here. So thank, thank you, you so much. You got anything else to say to the folks out there? Thank you for be supporting us and for having us on. We appreciate it. All right, thank you everybody. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, uh, we have Fred Smith. Uh, he's got the world's largest. And uh, he's going to tell you all about it. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> when we come back, uh, events, promotions, and lots of things coming out. We're live here at Two Guys Smoke Shop in Seabrook, New Hampshire. If you want to come down and, and see Mike, see Brett, and see Louis Tian himself, come on down. He's here till 6 o'clock. Take Route 95 to Exit 1. Take a left. We're about a half a mile down on the left-hand side. El Tianti here till 6 o'clock. Give a try to the El Tianti Cigar. Uh, we're going to be back. Till 4 o'clock, Louis going to stay till 4 o'clock, so step on it. Uh, you're listening to the Cigar Authority on the United Cigar Retailers Radio Network. This is Kirk Kendall from Twin Smoke Shop, and you're listening to the Cigar Authority on the United Cigar Retailers Radio Network. Cigar smokers, how about if we go over a few cigar store sounds? Can you guess what this is? Think you got it? Okay. Do you know what this is? Now for the cigar. What do you think of this cigar? I'm lighting up a Lagiana Havana cigar. The Lagiana Havana natural cigars are, oh yeah, so smooth. And oh yeah, the Maduro version is a bit beefed up. But oh yeah. They're delicious, too. When asked what my favorite cigar is, I always say, it's La Giana Havana. Oh, yeah. In 1962, the U.S. signed the embargo, pronouncing all Cuban products illegal and un-American. For almost 50 years, the U.S. was without a comparable substitute. In 2011, the Cigar Agency releases Ortsak Bulletproof 1962, a Dominican handmade cigar designed to go head-to-head -head against Castro and his infamous cigars. Today, the Cigar Agency commissioned Hendrik Keltner's A-Team to bring you Ortsak Bulletproof. In the cigar world, the forbidden fruit is Castro's Cuban cigars. The fact is, the moment you light your first Cuban cigar is the moment you've been had. If you're looking for a cigar that delivers construction, draw and price, maybe this time you should try an Ortsak Bulletproof. With the introduction of Ortsak, everything Castro is now backwards. Ortsak is Castro spelled backwards. Ortsak is what you expect a good Cuban cigar to taste like. Only better. It is the cigar of the year. The new Ortsak Bulletproof 1962. Reigniting passion in the world of premium cigars and redefining who we are as cigar smokers and Americans. Castro hates Ortsak, but you will love them. Hi, this is Jonathan. Jonathan, this is Losers Anonymous. Please, don't give out your full name. It's anonymous. What seems to be the problem? I just can't stop buying trashy cigars on the internet. I keep getting these offers for this crap, and I just can't stop buying it. My humidor is filled with this junk, and I can't even smoke it. That's insane. Why do you keep doing the same thing over and over and expect something different? It's the pictures. They look so good, but the cigars are always terrible. I guess they are seconds for a reason, huh? I guess so, Jonathan, but 
Just stop the insanity. I can't. I just can't pass up a deal. It's no deal if the cigars are bad, is it? You're right, but... But nothing. You may not be a loser, Jonathan. You might just be stupid. But I have an option for you. It's cartel. Hey, I might be a loser. I may even be stupid. But I'm a law-abiding, cigar-smoking citizen. I'm not getting into anything that's illegal. No, Cartel isn't Cuban or anything illegal in any way. Cartel is an affordable cigar brand. It's something that competes with those closeout brands, but it's no closeout. It's a very affordable brand, Jonathan, out of Colombia, and it's a great everyday cigar for very little money. Don't be stupid. Smoke Cartel. Cartel cigars are handmade cigars out of Colombia for a little over a buck a stick. Don't be stupid. Don't be Jonathan. Smoke Cartel. He reads the dictionary just for fun. He finds the minutiae of tax preparation enthralling. Years ago, at an open mic night, he was paid just to leave. He is the only man to win a staring contest with the Statue of Liberty. He is so uninteresting to women, he was forced to open a cigar shop to sell to men. He's not even a legend in his own mind. He finds himself boring. His family barely pays attention to him, and his mother refers to him as, Hey you, he is David Garofalo, the least interesting man in the cigar world. Not since Zeno Davidoff has a cigar retailer had a brand named after him. The man himself may be a bore, but the cigar isn't. Garofalo is a premium handmade luxury cigar using U.S. shade wrapper and a blend of Nicaraguan fillers and binder. Complex and very interesting. Garofalo may be the most interesting cigar in the world. It once won a longest ash contest without even being lit. You don't light a Garofalo, it lights you. Its flavor expands on your palate faster than the universe. It has been said that this cigar would be phenomenal as a Maduro, except it's perfect as it is. I always smoke cigars, and when I do, I prefer Garofalo. Keep smoking Garofalo, my friends. We're here asking people from all around the world what they think about Equilibrium cigars. Let's hear from cigar smokers on the golf course in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, what they think of the new Equilibrium cigars. Mm -hmm. How about outside this biker bar in Sturgis, South Dakota, what they think of the new, well-balanced Equilibrium cigars? Mm -hmm. Next, let's see what race car drivers in Indianapolis, Indiana, think of the new, well-balanced and medium-bodied taste of Equilibrium brand cigars. Mm -hmm. Now, how about this mime troupe from New York City, New York? How about what a famous cigar-smoking movie star thinks of the new medium-bodied, tasty, and well-balanced Equilibrium cigars? Smoke it once, and you'll be back. Mmm. How about this monster over here? What does he think of the new medium-bodied, tasty, and well-balanced Equilibrium cigars? Mmm. You're incorrigible. Equilibrium cigars, a new, well-balanced, medium-bodied cigar that everyone can enjoy. Victor Vitale from the Cigar Agency Global, and you're listening to the Cigar Authority on the United Cigar Retailers Radio Network. And we are back live from Two Guys Smoke Shop in Seabrook, New Hampshire, with El Tiante, Louis Tiant in the house, 
and uh, lots going on in baseball, lots going on here at Two Guys Smoke Shop. Uh, with us is uh, Fred Smith. He holds the world's largest something. Keep your hands to yourself. <laughs> uh, he's going to tell us about that and lots more. Uh, before we do that, I'd like to give a quick shout-out yep. to Steve and Sheila visiting us from Gloucester. Gloucester. They came up from Gloucester. <laughs> yes. They this, give us this. an ovation every time we close right. the commercial. So thanks to Steve and Sheila. Hey, I'm, I'm smoking the LT Auntie. Um, this is the uh, Oscuro. And I notice on the band a little 229. I noticed that myself. And there's also on the side, there's a 23. And then there's a 75. Perhaps maybe numbers that were worn. 75, the, right. the year he pitched. Wizards number, 23, right? I don't know. What is oh. 229, Mike? What's 229 on this band? He's not paying attention. MLB. How about Brett? <laughs> What's 229 on the band here? Career, Career victories. victories. 229. Nice. And, and uh, on Jonathan's it says zero because he has no victories at all. Oh, <laughs> oh wow. Wow. Uh, that's, that's Mr. Jonathan to you. That's Mr. Jonathan. The Put loser. the golden grannies away, buddy. <laughs> He's agreeing with the no victories, but you've got to call Mr. Jonathan to say so. Correct. So Correct. I'll tell you, I am the Rosado fan. That's the one I like by far. I like the cigar very much. Uh, are you okay with the... Uh, I'm actually... I'm digging I'm, this one I'm better. I'm okay with it, but I'm digging this one better. And Chuck? I like the second one better, too. Even though it's a no stronger kidding. cigar, it has, it has a softer flavor profile. Okay. Uh, and with us uh, is Fred Smith, and Fred Smith is... All right, just, Fred, whip it out. What do you have that's the largest? Well, first, first, Fred's been... Uh, he came to us last year, uh, and the people that really listen to the show probably going to know who he is already because he's been on a few times, but... Uh, about a year ago, he came on the show for the first time and lit the first cigar he ever smoked. So, happy anniversary. Thank you very and, much. And uh, One year, and, uh, yeah. and, you know, it's been a learning year. And as you know, I come in uh, very often, and, yeah. and I look up to you and, and Jonathan, and I look for different cigars every week over the last right. year. Keep and changing. I tried different ones, and, and I'm still learning. And uh, I think a lot of people out there that haven't smoked cigars should come on and ask. Like you did with me, you broke it down, you explained me the ins and outs, you... Ripped apart the cigar for me. Show me the proper yep. etiquette and the proper way to light and cut and all those good things. You know and since it. it's like I've been trying a new cheeseburger every week for the last year. And that's the key. Go, go to your, go to your brick and mortar store. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, I got you left more, off I got more wins than I got more wins than he does. Yes, you do. You left off the mister. <laughs> it means war. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the key is to smoke different cigars. And, and to, to be a guy to say, I smoke the cigar and that's all I smoke. Boy, you're missing the whole great thing about cigar smoking, and that's to, to try all the different things. It's a, it's a candy store. Your brick-and-mortar store is your candy store. Try different things. You'd think that, you know, normally maybe you wouldn't like that up knowing it's a full-bodied cigar. You smoke it. You say, you know what, I really like this. And you go back to that when you feel like a heavy steak. When you feel like a, something milder, you go to the risotto maybe. And, you know, that, that's the whole beautiful thing about cigars. And, and since last year, I, I now carry a full humidor of, of a variety of cigars. Yep. You know, when I come in... And you might give me a couple things, and I might buy a couple things, and I leave them. And my friends come over, and I kind of go through it, not obviously at the level that you can, but I go through with them and say, you know, you might want to try this, or you might want to try that. And, and next thing you know, they're coming up to the store with me buying cigars, too. Yeah. So it's, uh, for me, it's very relaxing It's um, to be able to take a day and go out in the backyard at the fire pit and have a cigar. It kind of, like, lets me put my feet up for a few minutes. Beautiful, beautiful. So, uh, all right, let's, let's come down to it. You hold the world's record. We're the largest, largest charity scavenger hunt in the world. 
Okay, so the scavenger hunt is called Smith Fest. Smith Fest, yep, and it's coming up September 29th. You've done uh, this before? Yes, this will be our fifth year. Okay. So this is our fifth year. Um, it's our third year as a nonprofit event. Last year we donated over $50,000. Nice. Because of people like yourself and our 21-plus patrons, as you know, that uh, we, we really kind of run that fence line a little bit on the on the adult aspect of the event right where you know we we don't ask them to do anything illegal but we do uh we have some fun with some different things and you were there last year mr Me jonathan, jonathan. Yeah. and uh you know the pictures get crazy the night gets crazy but it's a great day if you you know we have anyone from 21 all the way up to 82 has participated oh, no kidding and uh yeah actually my uh my wife's grandmother participated a few years ago you know she ran she into a, on a police car no serving on police cars, but here's a good story. We used a local men's club as a stop location one that year. And here she is in 82, and she goes into the place, and she has to get a clue from a woman who's dancing. And she goes in, and she yells at the lady. She says, hey, I don't want to see any of your stuff. Just give me the clue. I've seen it all before. You know, and out the door she goes. The lady said, came to me after. She goes, you wouldn't believe it, this, this older woman come in. And she's yelling at me, I don't want to see you junk, just give me the clue. And she's out the door before you know it. It's like, so, you know, we just create madness, and the event runs a 30-mile radius of Lowell. So, uh, we, four-person you know, four team. Four-person team in a car for six hours. So, you know, we've been known to create a few conflicts between husband and wife and uh, boyfriend and girlfriend, obviously, if you've ever been in your car yeah. with your uh, other half for more than an hour. So, uh, but you know what? It's all for fun. It's a great cause. They go out, they raise money, they work hard. Even today, I was just showing you a couple pictures. We yeah. have teams out fundraising. There's a bikini cow wash at Smoky Bones in Tingsboro. We have, you know, they're doing all kinds of fundraisers. It's kind of like a cancer walk or something like that where they go out and they raise funds. And then we put it all in a big pool. And at the end of the day, we have a huge party with bands. And yeah. uh, after, you know, we have a smoking patio now, which right. I bet you there's not too many events holding their own smoking patio. Right. Where you can come out, you can enjoy a cigar, uh, two and guys smoking patio. It was, tented. Pack it was patio. tented last year. The, the weather didn't hold out for us, it uh, was misting a little bit. It, it kind of looked like that right there. It did. It a few leather similar. couches, a right. thing. Yeah. We put a tent over it, and it was nice outside the auditorium. And, uh, you know, so we try to really lend ourselves to, uh, you know, creating a good atmosphere for our patrons. Um, also trying to find different things and ways to promote our sponsors. Like, you know, as you said, Dave, it's, it's not a, you know, every person that walks around isn't a cigar smoker. But if, you know, we can create that smoking patio and one person falls in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Here's, here's an extra customer. And you know what? We try to do our best to facilitate our sponsors as well and try to create an opportunity for you their businesses. Sure not do. just Not just take their money and, and say, hey, you donate to a great cause. But, hey, let me try to give back as well. Sure. So how many are you talking to break the world's record? How many uh, people? We're not going to get there this year. Chicago University, for the overall world record for Scavenger Hunt, they, uh, they upped the numbers pretty good last year to 220 teams. So, uh, 220 teams of four. Yeah. You're talking almost 1,000 people. So, yeah. So we're looking at uh, next year is our goal. But at the same time, we're also now um, going to have a SmithFest Tucson, Arizona next year. So as we've spoken, and I know I mentioned to yeah. you, Jonathan, but we're licensing and we're teaching a nonprofit group in Arizona how to do the same thing we do so they can raise funds for their organizations out there. So who do you raise funds for? This year we're raising money. Last year we did Make-A-Wish and uh, also Families of Spinal Muscular Atrophy where we sent two families that were um, had children with SMA. We sent them to the Minnesota um, conference, all expenses paid to their conference. This year we're doing uh, the Lowell General Cancer Center, Merrimack Valley Dream Factory, there's five. Uh, STEP program, which is a kids and display sports program. Sophia's Cure, which is an SMA Care Foundation. And the Boys and Girls Club of Greater Wall. Nice, nice. So our foundation board has done a really good job of spreading the wealth out a little bit. The numbers won't be as big per 
each, but you know what? Every penny helps to the different organizations, and we had over 56 applicants this year. Okay. Is it too late to somebody to be part of this if they wanted to join a team and, and help this? Nope. Out? It's still time. So if you're sitting out there and you're like, you know what? I'm looking for something different and crazy to do, and this is definitely different and crazy. This isn't your everyday scavenger hunt. Yeah, you got a, a team Mr. of jo Mr. John will tell you, the chocolate slip and slide last year. Yeah. Who he went down, standing up on his feet. Smoking a cigar. <laughs> smoking in, a cigar. In a suit. I think there was a, wasn't there a bet in place? Well, I believe there yeah, was. That someone welched on and didn't pay. No, you touched your finger to the to I did the not ground. fall, and I did not, did not get my suit wet. But I so let's, 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 can we give them a picture? So here we are at Shed Park in Lowell. If you've never been there, it's about, it's the largest sledding hill in the area. Okay. We put this 200-foot chocolate slip and slide, 6,000 gallons of water. On the hill, so you can come in, you dive down it, or whatever which way you do. Our teams come out, they get points for participating and doing these tasks. And Mr. Jonathan comes along and says, I can go down on my feet. Right. Standing up. Standing up. That was the bet. Yeah. But he put his hand down on the way down. He did. So I don't Once. know, there was kind of a... I don't, and, I, yeah. and the rules by the guy running the show is official. That's it. Whatever he says... He is, wasn't there. I but saw you the video. filmed it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you filmed it. You could have lied. We'll put that up on thecigarauthority.com, and you'll be able to see for yourself and make it, make the judgment as to whether or not there it was, was no a legit oh, that was impressive. standing no attempt going down the slip and slide, not once but twice, I, in a suit, and did not get the suit wet. I believe you... Which deserve, the, you deserve a, a ding. I'll give you a ding. <laughs> One ding. No money. No money. <laughs> no, it doesn't pay. So as we mentioned, the fundraisers, though, Dave, and, and we have one coming up, actually, in uh, a bike yes. run. Yeah. Coming up. And another way we're trying to, obviously, give back to our sponsors and, and yourself being a great sponsor of our event. Uh, we're having a motorcycle ride slash show at the Nashua Two Guys Smoke Shop on September 15th. And what you can do is show up there. It's uh, $20 for a motorcycle and $10 for a passenger. All the proceeds will benefit the SmithVest Foundation this year. And come out, and we're going to have, again, like last year the car show, we're going to have the monster truck, which stopped traffic all day. Yes, huge. I mean, this huge monster and, uh, truck comes out. Mr. Jonathan took it for a spin. Took it for a spin. Yeah, he took it for a spin right down Spitbrook, <laughs> yeah. uh, which was also really an interesting manly moment, as they call them, right? Very illegal. Yes. <laughs> Very illegal. Um, quiet vehicle. Oh, quiet. my Quiet. I mean, I've never heard a vehicle so quiet. But, um, you know, Mr. Jonathan jumped behind the wheel, took it for a spin. So we're going to have the monster truck back. We're going to have a bike stunt show after. The party will go from 12 to 3. We have a band, Crossed, will be out. It's a, a rock band. They do covers. It's going to be a great show there. And uh, you get a cigar when you start. So you get a ride cigar when you show up. And when you get back, you get a post-ride cigar. There we go. So, uh, all, you know what, if that's not a great opportunity to get out for you, all you motorcycle riders, or even bring... You know, your family after, if you want to come out and hang out in the parking lot and look at the monster truck and your friends, come on out and uh, enjoy the, the atmosphere. It's going to be a great day. And we're looking for good-looking motorcycles because we're going to do something with the top motorcycles. Yes, right? the top 12 motorcycles will go in the 2013 smoking calendar. So the two guys smoking calendar will have the top 12 motorcycles of the day will be photographed with um, attractive young ladies. Yep. They'll and be, we're going to bring no month, men? monthly... Monthly, you're out. The pit, uh, the, the pit crew, the pit, the pit girls the pit will girls. be there, and uh, we're going to bring, uh, you know, maybe a Christmas hat for December. Oh, yeah, okay. You know, maybe a little clovers for March. Okay. You know. Uh, I'll wear a Christmas and, hat. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that'll be nice of you to wear that. That'll be nice. That'll, yeah. be, that'll be great. Wait, well, when you're in there giving out the post-ride cigars, I'll have a Christmas hat on. That's great, John. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Jonathan. Sorry, I'm going to get in trouble today. 
I said it a couple of times myself. <laughs> we're, we're bad. Yeah. Getting the eyeball. If you're not, not out there, good. the eyeballs are coming out. It kind of looks like Mister. <laughs> he, de- he demands to be called Mister. I know. I know. It well, has something to do with his his zero and zero racket, probably. <laughs> Zero and zero would mean zero attempts. That's and right. Zero wins. That's correct. I have lots of attempts. So and yeah, zero, so zero wins. <laughs> so we're really excited again to have uh, two guys, obviously, as a sponsor of this awesome event, and uh, we're hoping that you guys will. Uh, I know you'll be participating at, at some level during the event um, with the show and speaking about it. Yep. Um, but as you know, we can't speak much about the actual participation that day because everything in the integrity of the fairness of the event is to keep everything on the quiet, because if you know... You know nothing, right. You, you're then not that gonna, ruins the whole thing. That's right. You're, you're not going to know what, what the thing is. How many different um, places do they have to see and do something? Usually at? it's 12. So to give you an idea, of last year we kidnapped a teammate, which we spoke about before, where your four teammates showed up to the Lowell Auditorium in the morning, and we said, oh, one person has to go out in the hall, and the next thing you know, we took all their cell phones, we stuck them on a bus, and we shipped them across the city, and told the rest of the teammates, uh, good luck finding your teammate. Because you have to have them with you. At you the, have to have all four in your vehicle to participate and complete any task. So the first so thing is them, them. And uh, next thing you know, they're, they're instantly thrown into a tailspin. What are we going to do? How do we find Johnny? Johnny's the thing. Where are you going to get him? Or yeah, Lisa? The, or the whole plan is gone. We put them on this Bostonian party bus, too. It wasn't like we just stuck them on a school bus. I mean, this thing was rocking and rolling. I mean, we have videos from that. They were jumping out the windows. It was crazy. And uh, so we look to do things like that. This year, we had an idea, and sometimes this happens, you know, because we speak often, that I have a lot of crazy ideas. Yes, you do. And <laughs> I had an idea this year, but sometimes when we get with the production board, board and we start talking about things, some of the ideas, they look at me and they go, no. Sometimes you need somebody like that to bring you down. And, yeah, I you mean, know, it's, you know, that's just too far. You're like, right. you know? So I had an idea this year. I'm like, well, you know, I have to one-up the whole kidnapping thing somehow. So you're going to tell so, us what's not going to happen? Yeah, this isn't going to happen. Hold them all at gunpoint? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, what we're going to do is, to give you an idea of how crazy this gets, is we're going to have them all park in one parking lot. There's two good ideas. One was have them all park in one parking lot. They come in. We were just going to hand each team a bicycle pump. And then we were going to flatten a tire on every car. Uh. I thought it was a great idea. Some people on the board weren't too happy with it. But, I mean, think about it. If you were a team, you walk in, I hand you a bicycle pump, and you're sitting there for a half hour during the ceremony. Last year, we had Renee Rancourt sing the National Anthem. You know, we had Mickey O'Keefe from The Fighter. You know, so we, we have a nice ceremony to start the event. And that whole time, you're staring at this bicycle pump saying, what the heck is up this guy's sleeve? Like, what, what yeah. is he doing next? You show up in your car, and you got to pump up your tire. You know what I mean? But some people thought that was inappropriate. You know, some might be driving a car and... Then again, they made a good point. What happens if someone gets in an accident during the day and they blame it on me, flattening the tire and stuff like that. And the other idea was to uh, give them all a vehicle from a local dealership. Mm-hmm. Say, hey, you can't use your cars once they get in. We take all their keys and say, here's a new car. Because they all pack. They get ready for this thing. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. night before, they pack sleeping bags and they pack, I mean, rope and scissors and, and extra clothes. Because they don't know what it's going to be. Oh, it's crazy. It's so competitive. Anything. First place gets $4,000 again this year. Um, in, in the coveted hubcap, as we know. Giant hubcap medallion around their neck. Neck with a junkyard dog chain, fully logoed out. I mean, we have back-to-back winners right now. Who, yes. Who, who I'm, in a, I'm in a Kenny Chesney hangover right now, as we yes. mentioned. And I happened to see them yesterday at Kenny Chesney in the oh, parking no lot. Kidding. They're wearing their hubcaps. No Kenny kidding. Kenny Chesney. Yep, they're just sitting there. They're curling them. They're curling drinks and hubcaps at the same time. Like, 
they take pictures, they put them on Facebook. They it's awesome. oh, they rub it in big time. I mean, they hate it. They like the, they like the Yankees, you know. Sure. Of, they, of Smithfest. And they go in to win again. They're going to try to win again. Oh, they told me they're going to win again, and they said they're going to retire after the three peat. Really? Yeah. They said they're going to chalk it up after three. So we'll see what happens. But everybody's headhunting them. I mean, the people are on them. So you need to be 21 years old or over. You need a team of four. You got to pay how much? Uh, Thirty-five dollars a person gets you uh, the entire event. You get a cheap t-shirt. Cheap day, man. Cheap day. You get a team t-shirt. Every team gets their own color t-shirt. That's right. So believe it or not, there's that many colors. Yeah, we we last year we had 111 colors. Um, anything from your regular 60 colors they offer for shirts. And then we did tie-dyes, camouflages, uh, different colored sleeves. I mean, you name it. We went through it all. And uh, every team, we pretty much take over and flip the whole Merrimack Valley, uh, Southern New Hampshire, upside down for the day. I have to thank the police and, and, and oh. all the people. They're really great. You sure do. They allow I you mean, to do some of this stuff. I mean, we, one of the things Jonathan, <laughs> Mr. Jonathan brought up earlier <laughs> was they had a surf. A police cruiser. A police cruiser. And we had Which the means ma- get up on the hood and... and Surf, just like, you know, like Teen Wolf. Teen Wolf, uh, uh you got to imagine that that's at least a weekend in jail. Oh, yeah. I mean, so, I, mean <laughs> yeah. I think a lot of times, I think the way it went down was, excuse me, sir, I, you know, I'm doing this thing for charity. Yeah, yeah, we know, Smithfest. And say, like, I have to stand on your cruise. And he says, well, I'm going to go in the store for a few minutes. You do what you got to do. You know, he's not going to stay there and be, <laughs> yeah. be witness of the whole thing. Come out and, hey, get off the cruise. And they, they, they run off, they take off. But you know what? They're really good about it. And, um, and it's, it's imagination. Some people figure out one thing was to have a tiger. A tiger in the the year before was yeah. to have a bring back a police cruiser, so they had to bring <laughs> it actually to the facility and have a tiger in the back, like the movie The Hangover. Yeah. Well, we left it to their imagination. Obviously, no one's gonna. Well, I shouldn't say that. <laughs> a real tiger could come back. I'm not saying that wouldn't happen. Um, but Stuff Tony the Tony the Tiger, yeah. Kellogg's Frosted Flakes, yeah. a cut cutout of Tiger Woods came back full size, ah. stuffed in the back of a police cruiser. So here's this guy, a police officer, pulls in the parking lot. Tiger Woods in the back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, yep, check us in, it's 5 it. o'clock. Yep, good. See you later. Get the good. extra points. So we leave some stuff to imagination. For instance, streaking. We do a, one section. You take photos. And it's, you know, it's all in the imagination. We say, okay, here's a uh, 10 things. You take the picture the way you believe this means to you. So what would Brown do for you? Someone could take a picture of a guy with a UPS uniform. Yeah. Some people might take a picture of something that you would leave in, in your bathroom. I mean, ah. so um, <laughs> another one was shrieking. So some people took pictures of their wet fingerprints across a mirror. Oh, all right. Nice. Other people just... I would have gone naked. A lot of people just it? decided to offload it all right at the slip and slide and run down Route 38 in Lowell, which is one of the biggest streets in the city. Yeah. Completely nude. I mean, it's just... One we didn't the, ask them to get nude. No, one of the things you you had to go to a cigar store and take a picture next to a um, a cigar a brand sta- a statue. statue. Yeah, yeah. And which, which, how'd that go? Well, we were doing the radio show and we were seeing hundreds of people coming in, taking their pictures, running and running out. Very, very excited. Groups of different people, you know, four at a time in different shirts. But I'm going to tell you, last year there was one particular one. We were leaving the store. And I'm out in the parking lot. We're packing the stuff up. We finished the broadcast. And these girls, pretty attractive girls, came over and really, said... Really attractive girls. Really attractive. <laughs> <laughs> and said, can we take a picture with you? And I said, no, no, take the picture with Mr. Jonathan. I don't know what, what it was that they would end up doing. And, uh, no, we, it has to be with you. And I said, no, take it with Mr. Jonathan. He's good. No, no, we need to take it with you. And I'm like, okay, they have to take a picture with me until 
I saw what they had to take a picture of. And that was? An elderly man. They uh, had, had to take, to take a picture with an elderly man. It was actually a sexual. It was actually a sexual position with an elderly. Yes, it was a sexual position with an elderly. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, you know what? I'm, oh. I'll go with a fat man. I'll go with a short man. Oh, but no. an elderly Even man. Even somebody who wears glasses. No. <laughs> you know what's funny? Mr. Jonathan likes this story a yes, lot. He does. So he, he was he, here. He, he really does. That's I, great. He tells it behind your back. You don't know it. An but elderly man, really? <laughs> uh, there should be no points for that. Well, it's funny that, you know, you get to see that side of it. Well, after we collect all the photos, they put them on boards. We post them up on the hall, which you saw. Every team. So you have 100 boards of all these photos, people walking around, seeing all the crazy stuff everybody did all day while they're eating their dinner and they're, you know, enjoying the band and all that stuff. And uh, one of them, the, the, actually, the, the task was sexual position with an elderly person, extra points if there was a banana in the photo. <laughs> Right. Was the actual yes. thing. Well, the funny part about that is they don't usually tell the elderly person what they're doing when they take the photo. So I have one picture of a team in a supermarket with an elderly man, and one girl is taking the picture, and another girl is leaning, giving him a kiss, while the guy behind that girl, he can't see that person, is behind them, you know, in a weird position with a banana in his hand making this face. Yeah. And, you know, they're snapping the photo. And he, this guy has no idea what's going on. They're like, oh, excuse me, sir, we just need to take a nice picture with you, you know. And he has no idea. So, you know, it's just, it's creativity. It's a great day. It's something fun, very different. And uh, we're just ecstatic to be able to put it on every year and, and watch it grow. And, like I said, now we're taking it to a new extreme with, with Tucson and we hope to put one, in, you know, and start putting them all over the country and letting people, you know, really take an event that has, you know, the ability to raise a lot of funds for great causes. At the same time, be a day off. Like, you know, in the hustle and bustle of everything, you know, you know, you just came back from a trip. You get back. Everything's crazy. Sometimes you just need that one day to say, you know what, I'm taking one off. I'm it, taking it, my clothes off and running down Route 38. <laughs> Listen, it, it is, it is With a, a banana It's old-fashioned old fun stuff, though. It's, it's, it's good stuff. It's a scavenger hunt. It's all for, for good fun and good for charity. How does ev- anybody find all this information? Teams of four can still register, as we were going to say, okay. until this Friday, August 31st. So if you're looking to get out, you can register until August 31st How? at smithfesthunt.com. Smithfesthunt. Dot com. We're also looking for volunteers, and sponsors are still available also. So if you're looking for something that you're, for your company, your business, to do something a little different, also a lot of teams now we're having are doing um, team building days. So we have some local businesses that say, hey, you know what, here's a good opportunity to do, like, offer four employees a day to get out on us, you know, go out team building type thing for our salespeople or something like that. So we're having a lot of involvement through different angles, and like I said, we need volunteers. There's still team openings. We're at 100 teams right now again. So we have a week left. I'm looking to forge so picking 400 up. 400 crazy people are going to be around the area on that day. My, yeah. uh, my wife thanks you for the thong that you gave her. Uh, it says the hunt is on. Yes. Uh, right on it. Is how's it, that working out for yeah, you? Yeah, how's that working out for you? <laughs> it's working out great. Yeah. The hunt is on. <laughs> we hunt, also do boxes continues. shorts. You know, like I said, it's 21 plus. We have fun. We have boxes shorts that say keep hunting, you'll find it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, maybe they won't find it, but... Uh, <laughs> You know, we, we, we joke, we have a good time with that, and, uh, you know, we're lo- just looking to do different things, Dave. I mean, you know that we're looking to do some uh, crazy stuff for a winter uh, obstacle course coming up. You know, we just had the Musical Chairs World Championship, which we didn't mention much about. Yeah. You've got, you got, you got so many different things going on. Um, SmithFestHunt.com is the place to find for the everything. Hunt. Yep, everything there. You can 
sign up to volunteer. You can sign up for your team. You can find uh, sponsor information. You can see the videos of last year, all the, the band, old all the old pictures and videos. All, all those old pictures? That yeah, and Facebook as well. If you go to facebook.com slash um, backslash Smithfest events. Okay. So Smithfest events on Facebook. Uh, it'll cover all that stuff. There's some funny stuff there. There really is. The pictures yeah. alone are worth, worth yeah. a look. And you... you literally have millions of people talking about it. You mentioned the, the uh, musical chairs thing. Uh, I never saw so much press on, a, on an event that has happened besides maybe the Super Bowl. I mean, this thing was bigger than the Super Bowl. It was, it was, it was crazy. For an event that's never been done, yeah. I mean, people came out of the woodwork, especially the media, and hopefully it just continues to grow um, as we go patrons-wise. We had uh, 1,500 patrons for the first ever musical chairs world championship and even now, I was at Kenny last night, and I wore a musical chair shirt, and the guy looks at me and says, you know, bleep out the middle. He says, is that a real thing? Yeah. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He goes, is that a real thing? And he points at my shirt, and I go, yes, it is. Musical like, chairs world championship. He says, when I was 10, I was the best musical chairs player in my class. He's <laughs> a guy, he's like 60. Yeah. He's like, he's like I want to play. He's like, I want to be in that. Started like, playing back when uh, chairs were invented. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> and I mean, you can, and you can become the world champion at something. $10,000. Guy, 31 years old, from Nashville, New Hampshire, walked away with $10,000. And he considered the bar today, look at the girl next to him and say, I am the best musical chairs player in the entire world. Yep. I mean, if that, well, can't, if that can't get you a date. He yeah. didn't, he didn't actually Jonathan, try, play it. try it out, Mr. Jonathan. He didn't actually play against me, so he can't really yeah. say he's the you best. You didn't play against him. He's the champion now. Well, you I mean, must you play against him. I was number four. He was on the DL. Remember, he yeah. pulled out on the DL. He had a hamstring issue. <laughs> you know, too many flips in the gym. You know, hamstring issue will do it every time. It'll do you know it what every mean? time. I mean, look at Major League Baseball. You know, if you go out with an injury, you, know, you can't cry they don't win the World Series because I, oh, I, well, I'm still the best in the world. I had an injury Th this year. So does he get a World Championship ring or does he have a trophy? or what is Yeah, he has a full chair. It's a it's a it's entire a chair. chair. It's it's like a courtside seat, like you would see the top ten players actually got them. The top ten finishers, each one has what ranking there was on the back. It was full leather courtside seat logo, and they said one said champion, and second, third, fourth, and so on, oh, all the way 10. to ten. So if you were eleven, which actually was a radio personality from out this way, Greg in the Morning Buzz, Kelly Brown, okay, from Greg right. in the Morning Buzz finished eleventh. He was so upset. And he was actually eliminated first in the prelim when they practiced on the radio, radio show. Radio, the day before. Oh. He was eliminated first, and he came in 11th in the world. Well, he was practicing, though. He, he was. Stayed, he said he stayed up late that night, focusing on angles. And, and hey, you know so what? There, this is, this there is, is an official a, training center for this. There is a, you know, you can be good at it. You can make yourself good. It's not the it's, luck of the drawer at all. Hey, if it's reaction time, Mr. Jonathan. It's reaction time. Reaction time is a skill. It's a, a skill, for sure. Skill, speed. Yeah, skill. Big butt. Anything? Big butts help? Uh, I don't know about that because the final three was two ladies and a guy. Small um, butts. One girl had to weigh maybe 100 pounds soaking oh, really? wet. Really? And, so she, she, just and she, oh, she was just stoning guys at the door. Left and right. Every time the music starts, boom, she hit the chair and they would hit her and off they went. Well, we need, uh, we need a little bit of time to talk about a couple of other events. Okay. Just... Uh, we got our, our two guys' 27th anniversary coming up. Which are you coming this year? I am. Beautiful. I will be there. Standing. I actually have uh, a, a table full this year. Beautiful. Nice. We we purchased uh, I believe eight tickets. So we uh, I have a bunch of friends and some buddies coming along, which is going to be an amazing night. Yeah. September 27th. September 27th, the 27th anniversary. We do have a few tickets left. Two hundred dollars. Uh, you can get them at any of uh, the two guys' smoke shop locations if you want to. 
come donate because I'm going to win. Out. You're going to win it? I'm going to win it. Formerly, yeah. the event was sold out. We did release 27 extra tickets. Right. Because we end up with customers that come in, they become customers, and they go, well, I want to go to the event. Right. Oh, sorry, it sold out months ago. We released them late, so there are just a few left. Yep. And um, November 6th, Election Day, and we were talking earlier, this is the most uh, important election of our time right now uh, for president. Uh, it is, what, 60 days away or something like that. Um, election Day is November 6th. And um, we are having a Davidoff Election Day cigar dinner. First time we ever tried this. There'll be big screens in there. We'll watch and see what ends up happening. Smoke Davidoff cigars. Democrats, Republicans, it doesn't matter. We all get together as Americans. We see what ends up happening. United. And hope for the best. United for the best. United. Absolutely. So that's what, what's coming up on the calendar. Next week, actually, is Labor Day weekend. The summer is over. I can't believe how fast it has happened. Flew by. Flew by. We're going to do it here in the Seabrook store because we love traffic. And uh, I'll tell you, if it's anything like Fourth of July weekend around here, how long? Two-hour trip from Salem to yeah. which is a 20-minute ride or something. It took me two hours to get here. Mr. Jonathan called me early, sitting in the traffic. He says, you might want to leave right away. I did that today. I, I planned early. Because a, a Saturday during the vacation week, trying to get here anywhere from the south is uh, yep. miserable. This will be know. the last week of that kind of crazy traffic. but uh, So we'll end up coming here uh, because we like that kind of stuff, and we'll have a good show any, anyway. But uh, I want to talk a little about baseball because we've got Louis Tiant here with some of the El Tiant cigars. And uh, I don't know all that much about baseball, but I know something big as crazy is going on right now here in the Boston market, which is the Boston Red Sox. And uh, they're trading the team away, basically. The boys of summer are gone, essentially. I mean, I mean, everybody that you know, the boys of summer around here, seem like they're on their way out of L.A. And it, and it was because they're crybabies, they're talking to him. And Louis's not going to talk about this. No, of course not. And yeah. I was speaking to him and, and about it. I mentioned, you know, uh, just about he was talking about the heart and soul of baseball and, and being a baseball person myself my whole life and, and, and just having that passion of the game. You know, it, things have changed. And it's one of these things where, you know, the money and the talent is is kind of the look now. It's it's all about the big dollars and and. and you know the big players. Where before there was, it was a lot of heart and soul in the game. Team. It seemed like, it was a yeah, team. you know, and I think they the lost. Team has gone in the Red Sox. Yeah, I think they've lost that a little bit in Boston, where you know it's become more about I and not about we. And I think they've kind of realized. I would think. What do you think over there? Yeah, I, I agree with what you guys are saying. I mean, um, most recently they had a, uh, a former player, coach, just the, one of the best people you'd ever meet in the world, Johnny Pesky, pass away, and yeah. you'd think the team would recognize him. I think only a handful of players went. Um, Last week to two. It was two a, actually there was a big write up on it. Oh, yeah, it's just know. probably. I mean, in my memory, like you, Kev, I'm, I'm a big you know baseball fan. I love the Sox, and uh, this has got to be the most. This is the worst season I think in their history. Yeah, it's been a, it's been an awful ride. I haven't enjoyed watching the game. I was just saying to Louis earlier, the best baseball on TV is being played by 12-year-olds. Yeah, I mean <laughs> the Little League World Series right now is it seems, you know, it seems like it's uh, the thing to watch around here because I mean you watch the Red Sox, it, it it's not enjoyable because uh, they don't look like they're enjoying themselves. In turn, if you're watching somebody that's not enjoying themselves, I was down in Tampa this week and uh, I didn't go to the games, but it was on the TV. There was the Rays playing the the A's, and it was good baseball. And I'm like, man, I missed that. You yeah. know, it's just like hopefully it's on its way back. Uh, you know, I, I went to the game Monday night, uh, yep. the football game Monday night, and I mentioned to Chuck uh, the whole team came out uh, to do the calisthenics together. Uh, the team they were playing, yeah. that's not the way it was. They came in, and they were just individuals, and they were working on themselves. You saw the New England Patriots as a team, and that's why they're going to win the Super Bowl this year. You could, you could <laughs> just see that they were a team. 
and the, and the others not. And you look at, at the Red Sox baseball right now, you don't see the Red Sox as a team. You see individuals playing baseball, and I think that's the major thing that, that ends up missing. That's what I see as, as a non-big uh, sports fan You're right, uh, from the outside going in. That's, that's it, man. That's yeah. what it looks like to me, and it, it's teamwork, you know. Yeah, and, it, and, and like you were saying earlier about the basketball, like Auerbach said, you know, people just show up with their bags. I think even when you drive by ball fields nowadays, it's, you know, the kids don't get out there and just play on their own. It, it's not like when I was playing t-ball even, you know, not that it was forever ago, but we had championships. We had t-ball championships. Now everything is a tie. You know, everything's politically correct. And you, they don't create create that passion for the game anymore. So, I mean, essentially, Dave, me and you are playing on a, a team together, and they say, hey, you're going to get two innings of play. You're going to get two at-bats, you know, no matter what in your game. Well, why are you going to work hard to get a position if you know you're going to play every day anyways? So, you know, it's, it's all the way through the levels, top to bottom nowadays with the politically correct thing where kids aren't having that extra drive and passion for certain things, you know, getting out and doing their own. Everything is kind of video games and sitting back and, oh, let's just hand everybody everything. Nobody's working for that. You know, nobody's out making mountains move anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone they're gets a trophy. For, they're waiting for someone else to move them for them. There yeah. we go. You know, there's a grassroots effort to get Louis Tiant inducted into Baseball's Hall of Fame, and it started on social media and on Facebook. How can you help go on there, look for it on Facebook, and let's get Louis Tiant in the Baseball Hall of Fame so we can have a Hall of Famer here, uh, cigar smoker. Uh, you mentioned Johnny Pesky. Johnny Pesky, uh, great guy, legend. Uh, we're going to miss him. Uh, also a cigar smoker and a yeah. customer here from us. And uh, um, what, what a shame that the, the really Red quick Sox from the Smithfest board. Really quick, Dave. They yep. wanted to say uh, you and NMCW Credit Union, Two Guys Smoke Shop, being our two largest sponsors again this year. They can't thank you. My, my pleasure. So thanks everybody for listening. We're going to have Louis Tiant and El Tiante cigars uh, here up until uh, four, four o'clock uh, next week. We're back here at Two Guys Smoke Shop in Seabrook, New Hampshire, during the Labor Day weekend. Look out for the traffic, but it'll be worth it. Uh, we smoke new brands of cigars just hitting our shelves, and we're going to talk some crap about something. I don't know. Uh, for Mr. Jonathan, Chuck Morrison, I'm David Garofalo. Thank you for listening to the Cigar Authority on the United Cigar Retailers Network. And keep the lit end out of your mouth.